Hey everybody and welcome to episode 540 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Rapares, coming to you from the Gerardo P. Gerardo P. Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash lasertime and join us at the $20 patron Please. level. Please, my mic is weird. I need your money. Who's begging? Say your name. <laughs> I, I am. I have so much to say right now. God damn it. Hi, I'm Chris Antista and I don't have a clever thing because I'm... Trying to figure out my microphone volume. And... 19 inches of venom to treat yourself to, Matthew <laughs> And very special guest, it's... Barry. Fresh off of being last week's uh, Memorial Studio of the Week, uh, Chris Baker. <laughs> it's a here. miracle. You've returned to life. Yes. yes. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know you were coming on this week before I threw that out. It's just like, <laughs> Baker's got a book out. Gotta tell the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I do appreciate that. Yes, yeah, so, and that. you you do have a book out. Once again, what mm. is the title? The title is X-Wings, Lightsabers, and Scorpion Vader Celebrating 40 Years of Star Wars Video Games, which you can get now on Kindle for $4.99. Scorpionvader.com gets you all the links you need, depending on your territory and whatnot. Well worth it. I mean, I, I think I've I've read about two-thirds of it. You didn't just read about two-thirds of it. You edited about two-thirds of it, <laughs> for which true. I am very appreciative. Oh, Did not you. ask thank for you. anything in return. I'm glad I'm glad it was helpful. That's all it was that's incredibly all helpful. For. It's this is what he's helpful. asking for in return is your time to be on yes, our show, Chris yes. Because <laughs> yeah. it's very valuable. Yes, I mean, the, you guys are editors. You know, like the toughest thing to edit is yourself. Yeah. So when you when you have yeah. someone who I imagine Michael missed editing doing. like butt jokes out of video game editorial. Oh no, um, no, I still do no. that every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but he goes uh, back and edits our Google chat actually, after the fact. Yeah, that, that was just my way of giving back to you for all of the time that you have given us on this show, being a guest. Well, that's yeah. very late it's at night. A, it's always fun to come, and uh, I really appreciate being here. Oh, can I can I, I do an interruption before we we go? How Baker is pretty much dictated the entire top five and <laughs> all the much. awesome stuff in it. Pretty much. Um, one man. I don't know if you've been. Uh, you guys have. I've been. The last two weeks have been like hurricane, and then my bank accounts have been hijacked multiple times. Oh my god! Oh, and yeah, yeah, we found it. It was the bank account. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, it's been it's been it's been a lot of fun, and. Uh, I feel like right now I have to say, because of that, I believe through all this turmoil, I forgot to cancel my PlayStation Plus account, which is renewing right at this very minute. Uh, I really wanted to cancel that, but it was not clear how to do that on the PlayStation. Like I have to remember my password and go on, go online, and then and I also thirty twenty ten listeners. I think I accidentally subscribed to a month of Cinemax to watch David Spade's Dickie Roberts former child star. The things we do for you, patreon.com slash laser time. And I also just wanted to just give a good crackalack on mic to this, the show's first Halloween beer, which I think is kicking off audible spooky season, uh, early September. Oh. Mm. Mm. That's right. Two months of Halloween, two months of Christmas. That's a very Quarter- spooky gulp we just heard. You're about a month early for VGA Halloween season because we know the people. I don't want to scare people off yet. People are torn on the Halloween show. I think Michael should do like all, all like fucking. What was that rated GA for Georgia before we had the ESRB when Sega <laughs> was doing? It's, like, <laughs> it's got a big peach on it. It must be good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, we should do all. Just T-rate, T-rated games and under for an opposite spooky Halloween. I'm sure. I, this- I sent you guys a Halloween idea. I'd love listeners if you like this idea. I 
was at a Chuck E. Cheese. I went to the establishment of Charles Entertainment Cheese. And they had one of those, like, simulator arcade machines where you sit in a shaky seat, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was like an Elvira-branded experience. Like, she was all over this thing, and I'm like, Elvira has to be in at least five video games, right? Like, she was yeah. everywhere. Yeah, she, yeah, she has a couple. Kids. That was especially funny because you sent us a video, and most of what we could see in the video was the reflection was of you and yeah. your daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just sitting there looking bored at this fucking thing. But I, like, I could see Elvira's head above you, but that's about it. And she doesn't old. know who Elvira is, and that's what's weird to me is, like, as a kid, I, I don't remember a time where I didn't know who Elvira was. And like, but to be fair, like Elvira was kind of like Mr. T to me. Like, what is this person famous for? I didn't see any of the stuff she actually did. I just saw I her mean, like guest on stuff. When when we hit adolescence, yeah. we all knew what she was famous for. Let's be I mean, honest. <laughs> Stealing from Vampira? There, great, I said it. Great personalities. No, I love I love Miss Peterson dearly. And yes, uh, yeah. I, I I can't imagine how long it would take me to bore your daughter with an explanation on who Elvira is and why they're important. <laughs> I didn't um, even bother. I didn't even try. Oh. Mm. You know, those things we watch on Netflix, they used to come on TV, but they'd have to be given context <laughs> by people. And- <laughs> well, the funny thing is that arcade ride thing felt like the intro to like some late night you know, horror-thon show hosted by Elvira. I'm like, oh, this could easily be, like, you know, TV channel, in early CG intro territory. So, anyway, For Elvira. Sure. There's a great documentary on Netflix about horror hosts, or at least there used to be years ago there when was. I saw it. There yeah. is. Yeah. That's how I learned about Sven Gulli, who's still around. Still uh-huh. on MeTV, who have just expanded their Saturday morning cartoon block. Found, found out a like, while ago my oh. in-laws watch that every week. Like, wow. Really? Yeah. Dude. That's cool. Yeah. If you if you can get a chance to go to a ramshackle beach house with no cable, MeTV will just fucking delight you all the way through. It's, it's like so cool. UHF in 1987 all day long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, once again, Chris Baker, uh, X-Wings, Lightsabers, and Scorpion Vader celebrating 40 years of Star Wars video games from a certain point of view. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to direct people to where, where people can find you? Superhero.vg. Yes, well, yeah, I keep forgetting I have a YouTube channel. It's superhero.vg. That is correct. I actually put that as the publisher of my book there. Ah, uh, but yeah, really, uh, at cbake 76 is where I am on Twitter. But uh, scorpioninvader.com is the, the thing to remember to yes. get you go, to uh, go check read out it. what that book has to offer. It's a fun um, read. One thing of which inspired today's top five. I'm yeah. going to create C Baked 76, which is the stone version mm. of Chris Baker. <laughs> Someone will do that. I promise. Absolutely. I'm sure there's already a C Baked of, yeah. of some sort. C Baked, yeah. dude. All right. Well, yeah. We should hang out. So, Chris, you, you <laughs> did suggest, Baker. and Chris, yes, Chris Baker, C Baked, I, I, I got to call you something shorter. <laughs> but you did, you did suggest and basically hand me. All of the entries for our top five this week. Thank you. I, I I was talking to you on Twitter and I like checked back and it said thirty six new messages and I'm like oh lord, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were all Wikipedia yes. entries to games that you'd found and so they, that was very helpful and and just reduced yeah. my work to looking through them all and saying well this one looks cool and yeah. <laughs> trying to play as many as I could. But this this is in the spirit of the. The title of your book, the Scorpion Vader part specifically, comes from the Namco 1987 Famicom-only Star Wars game, 
which, which we somehow managed to talk about two of my last three times here yes. in the top five. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about it in this top right. five, mm-hmm. but uh, it is it, it it is the catalyst that gave us the idea, which is games based on American properties or IP, whatever you want to call it, that were never officially released in the U.S. They're Japan only, Europe only. Uh, there, there were a lot in your suggestions. Like there were like Europe only versions of like Friday the Thirteenth and Red Heat, the Schwarzenegger movie, <laughs> and <laughs> the Punisher. Did we, get, did we get my favorite one on the list uh, with a certain uh, comic star sailor? Um, <laughs> we, we we did get one of those. We'll, okay, we'll get into it. It's not the one that you might be thinking, but uh, we didn't talk about Popeye's Beach Volleyball. <laughs> no, because that led me down a rabbit hole where I found <laughs> something even more interesting. We will talk about it. In the meantime, let's dive in with number five, Spider Man. I couldn't believe that there was a Spider-Man that had never been released. I love how disco Spider-Man theme yeah. songs used to be back in the <laughs> Had day. never been released outside of Japan. You got to think that Japan's, their introduction to Spider-Man was sort of the, the TV show. Yeah. Spider-Man. And this has nothing to do with that TV show. Which game is this, Seabake? Uh, this is uh, The Amazing Spider-Man The Lethal Foes, I think it's yes. called. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. And it's like possibly based on, I think, a, an early 90s comic arc with the Spider-Man. Foes before four hoes, am I right, Chris? <laughs> it's got a real uh, Mark Bagley uh, vibe to it, uh, if you guys know that, that artist who did it. I think probably most people know him from the Ultimate, Ultimate Spider-Man, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. But okay. yeah, in the 90s, he just did normal Spider-Man. And uh, the box is actually his art, and I think most of the kind of sprites and everything is kind of kind of has that vibe it, it definitely i think is the most kind of colorful and, and comic booky kind of spider-man game of that era yeah and, and it has some weirdness at the the beginning splash screen that it's just like shows the spider-man logo and it's like he's dot 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 and then in quotes your friendly neighborhood and it just leaves that for like a few seconds and then you hear spider-man so <laughs> It continues the, your friendly, but it's like, oh yeah, he's your friendly neighborhood. You know, Spider-Man, he's your friendly neighborhood. Spider-Man! But it, it is a side-scroller, uh, you play as Spider-Man who walks with like, like he's, he's creeping around, like he's sneaking. It's like a weird walk animation. You punch things, you have, uh, web shots, you can swing on the webs, and you can crawl on... Not just the sides of buildings like Strider, but you can also uh, climb on the faces of buildings. So, like, you're jumping around on the rooftops in that first level, and if you don't know what you're doing like I didn't, you might accidentally jump and find yourself just, oh, I'm stuck to the background and crawling around. Uh, This kind of rules, but how do I get down from here? Yeah, I've had issues like that playing that game, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit, and this has, like, a ton of, like, non-translated... Uh, text well text information yeah there, there are there are know. fan translations but uh okay. this is also like one of the only video games to feature speedball the marvel hero yes. i think he's he's in like <laughs> yes. ultimate Excuse one me? of the <laughs> ultimate alliance games and like maybe a mobile yeah. game <laughs> yeah i'll never forget that time he fought john belushi <laughs> <laughs> he 
one. <laughs> He's in Ultimate Alliance two as, as Penance, which was the uh, the the gritty rebirth of the character. Oh, Penance, he got a, uh, he got because uh, he had a big role in in the the Civil War arc in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his group, the New Warriors, they uh, they were at the site where this uh, character Nitro blew up and blew up a school. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of I don't know if you'd do that again uh, these days, but uh, yeah, he he, uh, he w- there was like six hundred people died or something, and he, and he called himself Penance, and he wore this suit where six hundred pins oh Jesus poked Christ. him one for every <laughs> life that was taken. So wait, and, Penance or oh. Penance? Penance, like the things you put yeah. in your Crocs. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what system is this on? This was sort of Super Famicom. Yes, okay. Super yeah, because because nineteen ninety five also. So because of the Genesis exclusivity, was it denied a solo Spider Man game? I, I don't think was, so. There was SNES Spider. Yeah, there there there, there yeah. were a few. Oh, right. at least yeah, Carnage and all that stuff. Yeah, the red cartridge. Yeah, yeah. But I have to imagine that that would maybe explain this because Sega had some limited exclusivity in the territory. Didn't Super Nintendo have like Arcade's Revenge and although that was like an X-Men With the X-Men. game, yeah, yeah. And, and Spider-Man's be... a ton of game. It's well, on that, a game. This was also a different publisher and developer yeah. than worked like Epoch, it was Epoch, I think Epoch, yeah. Epoch yeah. 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 They have an adorable yeah. logo. I'd never heard of them before. Um that, but that's what that's that's what we find we end up finding this is that there was some lockdown of the license on one shore or the other. Mm-hmm. Leaving the license open to somebody else yep. for the Super Nintendo, or it could it, be they signed the license and then this company doesn't have North American distribution. Yeah, yeah that's, that's my thought. Mm-hmm. Or Sega blocked it somehow, but yeah. like it, it because when you described it, it sounded just like the Genesis version of Spider-Man. And it, it is, I mean, there are some similarities. Like I did get mm-hmm. the sense it's like I feel like I've played this before, even mm-hmm. though I'd never heard of it. But uh, it's this has never been it officially. Yeah, it, it's a really ordered, pretty yeah. game. It's it's very bright. Uh, it, yeah, it definitely looks different than all the other. I mean, because you also had like the animated series game mm. in that era. It's got a good rogues gallery Maximum of Spidey Carnage. villains too. Like it's got. Oh yeah, they're all over variety. the place. Of course, it ends with Venom and Carnage. Of course, of course, yeah. Because it had to if it was a '90s game. Nineteen yeah. inches of it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you Actually, I think Doctor Octopus might have been. I guess I think you yeah, think it's Doctor Octopus' last battle, and then it, it it's uh, Carnage is who I, it turns out to be. I, I love the wording yeah. in the in the the Wikipedia article on this because it talks about how like uh, the the Doctor Connors becomes the lizard because he's seeking a cure, and the the lizard becomes the employee of Doctor Octopus, like the employee, like he had to sign <laughs> sign some he's forms. He's got to clock like, in. He bites his time card when he gets to yeah. work. You know? Not like lizard wanted. Ask within. <laughs> Doc Ock offers very you know comprehensive dental. It's hard to get in New York. Um, <laughs> But it, the the uh, the gameplay is pretty pretty fun. It does feature a, a few digitized sounds, which are kind of um, they sound like he's getting hurt, but he's really like picking up power ups. Was that it? The oh oh oh! oh I heard. <laughs> Like it sounds like he fell down a well. <laughs> There's always that one guy at the That's gym the who, 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 when he's lifting, yeah, sounds like he's getting hurt. <laughs> or, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what are you doing, guy? I don't, you you have some it. experience with this game, right, Seabake? Just uh, kind of at a academic level, I oh, guess you I could say. You know, I've, I've, I've looked into it. You know, I, I had a whole 
book about superhero games. It was in the sequel that never came out, but I just opened up to see if I can remember what I actually wrote about it. Oh yeah, one thing I did point out uh, here is that uh, the there's like uh, a Daily Bugle uh, picture uh, or like a, a headline between every level, mm-hmm. um, and I think it actually like takes a screenshot basically of Spider-Man doing something against uh, you know the, the last guy he's fighting. But it doesn't always center it well, so it like has really <laughs> terrible pictures of Spider-Man next to J. Jonah Jameson, uh, like showing his uh, his daily view. The headline is just Peter Parker, a shitty photographer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Iron Fist, a dull character who's in this game for some reason. <laughs> Honestly, the worst Netflix show. Uh, yeah, mm. they all got pretty bad after that, mm. so. The second season was okay, surprisingly. But, uh, of Iron Fist, yeah. I didn't know Actually, you know, I can I can link this to my, to my book. Oh, uh, and that Namco Star Wars game because in that book, uh, my uh, friend Miguel Corti, uh, Chris, you probably knew him, right? Uh, oh, used to work oh. at Capcom uh, as a localizer, and in my book, he has completely localized the Namco Star Wars game, uh, which is pretty cool. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, uh, which isn't a lot of work. Really? Do we? Is there any explanation of the scorpion thing? Like, uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. There is a, an explanation. All right, I'm um, gonna read it to find out. Do not tell us. <laughs> okay. Don't look it up, kids, or read Japanese. But <laughs> it was a, it was the 90s and 80s. The Rock was a scorpion for a while. Everyone was doing it. You know, we mm-hmm. all got scorpioned. Yeah, everyone's a scorpion. Miguel, in addition to literally buying this game for me in Japan when he lived there, when we both worked on Marvel vs. Capcom 3, because he knew I had a mild fascination with it. Uh, he translated for me the game story in the manual. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, awesome. It says, Dr. Octopus and his henchmen have stolen an artificial wave generator developed by, by the government for experimental hydroelectric power generation. Meanwhile, New York City has descended into chaos after the appearance of numerous spider slayers, sp- of numerous spider slayers, robots built to stop spider Spider-Man rushes off to the scene of the crime, but on his way, he discovers the beetle trying to steal some machinery. Could the beetle be connected to the other incidents? And what is Dr. Octopus planning to do with the artificial wave generator? A number of lethal foes stand in Spider-Man's Ooh. way. Hey, I love talking about this, but like, do you, do you have your head wrapped around Japan's relationship with Spider-Man? Because I'm mostly unclear. That, that, that wonderful 616 documentary about the Japanese mm-hmm. Spider-Man show was illuminating, but for like pre the show like he's he's introduced very quickly in japan and then gets the show uh they don't say how popular he was but even when i went there there's a ton of not a ton but like i remember i was walking with a, a friend capcom friend and just like he's like hey, marvel's like anime here I'm like get it i instantly get it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. in every bookstore it's a niche, but it's a niche thing yeah 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 uh but yeah, I'm more. Like, I I canceled Disney Plus. Part of the reason they got rid of that documentary. It's gone with Willow. Mm. Threw it out. Mm. Mm-hmm. Threw it isn't, out. It was so good. Isn't Spider Man closer to like a Kamen Rider type situation, like the Japanese Spider Man show? Or it's, Come it's on, that was please. Yeah, it's but hard. it was it was Come only on like writer? no one came in a writer. Come on, <laughs> that show only existed like somewhere between two and four years. So I have to imagine they probably Japan probably got the same stuff we did. Or the comic may have been really popular because that part of the documentary is amazing. Just like, hey, guys, we're making all this like art and text 
and that's like all Jap- Japan likes to eat, likes to read, and we're not <laughs> properly putting Marvel stuff over in Japan. Mm. And, so are, uh, you, are you are you postulating that perhaps this has like like breakthrough anime success over here? It's equivalent to what Spider Man was over there. Like it it reached outside I I, of the normal crowd that likes. I think, Marvel I think stuff so. Or? Like and I, I don't say that. I, you see him over there. I saw him over there. Like I see Yuffie over here from One Piece. Like I'm not that familiar with it, but it looks like a ton of people are. Like it's most of my bookstores. If you haven't been in your local uh, bookstore chain <laughs> lately, it is mostly manga because, like, I think it is keeping them alive. Yeah. Uh, that that shit is crazy. There was definitely, uh, but, when I was in Harajuku, I went into it, it was like a high-end collectible store. Like, each of these statues was at least $300 US equivalent. Yeah. Like, And there was some Spider-Man Marvel stuff in there, but it was, it was almost entirely anime except for the odd piece. So I think, yeah, in terms of, like, popularity level, it's about it's about like the proportion of anime stuff to comics over here. So I, I, I can see that totally happening. Yeah, it's just, it's just strange to think of an, a, a game with... A Spider-Man game with no sights set on the North American shores where he's arguably more like a billion times more popular. Well, you know what's probably a billion times more popular outside of the U.S., but for some reason much harder to license inside the U.S.? It's our... Number four. Good segue. Oh, yes! Yes! <laughs> more Popeye conversations in a laser time show. <laughs> yes! That's and, and, pretty good with the Super Nintendo MIDI sound palette. Yeah, right that there. sounds great. Yeah. Solid. So this is it's not Popeye Beach Volleyball for Game Gear, although that Dude, was under at, consideration. So is that is that on Game Gear? It was on Game Gear, yeah. So what here's here's hilarious. what happened. I was looking into it and it's just like I was kind of impressed, like, oh, there's all these cool animations. Wimpy, for example, when he hits the ball, takes off his hat and just lets it bounce off his head. There's characters that like these are some deep cuts. It, you know, I'm not much of a Popeye fan, but like I have no idea who some of these are. One of them was Doofus, and so I looked up Doofus, and it's just like here he is in what's clearly a Super Famicom game. I'm like, what the hell is that? And it turns out it is Popeye Ijiwaru Majo Sihag no Maki. Uh, Holy shit. Because th- that's what why I was wanted to bring up a little bit about Japan and uh, American comics. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a big Popeye fan. I was just the other day researching the Jeep. Anybody down with the Jeep? Hell yeah. <laughs> Only a Michael? Yeah, you know like, Meep. I'm like, uh, the uh, there were not many well, characters, Jeep, right? Yeah. yeah th- there were not many characters from the comics brought into Popeye, the original Popeye cartoons until, what is it? A United Syndicate, the comic company took over making those cartoons. There was, we have Brutus and Bluto as a distinction to let you know, like some of these are comic creations. Some of them are not Japan's Popeye games are really leaning heavily on the, on the, on the comics, the sea hag thing in particular that's not a character that's in any early, very many early Popeye cartoons. Was it? I, I feel like I've seen her in, or maybe, maybe I just was raised on the comics no, like, when I was a I, kid. I, 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 I had to, like, I knew I had the to go. I Hag was when I was little. I think there was a Popeye, co- like, new, newspaper comic strip syndicate. Yeah, there was, right? yes. I, I want to say, my, I want to say my local paper had it. Yeah. There still is. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have that, but I'm just saying as someone who watched the cartoons and they all kind of bled together in my head and I, I bought almost every Popeye edition there is. The really terrible color 
post Paramount, uh, Paramount and po- late, late Paramount, post Paramount car- comics are when they really dig into the comics and, and put a lot of that shit in there mm. in the '60s. So like, I'm just a little baffled. Like, where if Japan's love of Popeye is strictly from the comics? Because the the Sea Hag in particular is the enemy in both of the games we mentioned. Mm-hmm. She was the enemy in the original uh, Popeye that got ported to the NES that uh, Miyamoto yeah. wanted to make, and he ended up making Donkey Kong instead. Mm-hmm. These are. These are not images people find synonymous with Popeye, even if they do remember him. Mm. Just because well, this, the love here is for the is for the cartoons, not the comics. This game specifically seems to have been based on the all new Popeye Hour, which aired mm. in like the late seventies, early eighties. They're awful, Michael. So bad, <laughs> I can believe it. Oh, um, but it it was put out in nineteen ninety four by Technos, the Cuneo Double Dragon Company. It's, it's why they had the beach volleyball game. It's it's just that. Super Spike V-Ball. They used the, the combos from that for Popeye yeah. characters. So I played this game, which the, the title is trans... I've seen it translated to Tale of Teasing Witch Sea Hag in the like the ROM translation. And then, uh, or, you know, Tale of the Sea Hag, the Wicked Witch. Uh, but in any case, it's a platformer. Uh, you play as Popeye, who he he swings an anchor like like it's like Rygar's uh, disc armor or whatever. It's like a yo-yo. It swings it out, comes back to him. Uh, it does something kind of cool that uh, not a lot of games did, even though they could, which is send you into the background layer. You can kind of hear it here. I can hear the background. Layer. He goes down a pipe. Okay. He comes back up the pipe. He's behind a waterfall now, and there's like a different layer of enemies back there. That was like uh, Yoshi's Island was one of the first to do that. Well, Super Mario World did it, like with the the, the chain link where you could like knock on it, and then oh. you're in a different layer. Well, Castlevania yes. Four did something similar, uh, but but yeah, it's it's just kind of a neat little thing. But the game itself is super weird. I started it up and I thought my controller wasn't working because it so it it puts you on like a, a Mario style world map where like here's a bunch of paths and squares and uh, the levels are tied to the various squares. What I didn't realize you cannot move until you spin this spinner. So. It's basically structured like a board game where you have to, you spin a spinner and it's like rolling a a die. You get a number from one to six and that's how many spaces you can move. And you have to move that many spaces. Like you can move back, but then it like, if it goes from like, you know, three to two to three again, and then uh, whatever you land on, then you'll have like, you know, go through like a short platforming level, which is called a course and it'll be over in like, you know, 30 to 60 seconds. And, uh, or you'll fight Bluto, or you'll see, the, you'll meet like Nana Oil and get a power up or something That's like that. That's what I thought was in, there's like little mid, like one on one Popeye fighting levels. Mm-hmm. Which, like, why did no one ever do this? This is what he does. Yeah. He beats people up. Yeah. Sometimes punches which babies. I think it's hilarious because the whole Popeye mythos, you guys know. It's based on a rounding error, right, or a decimal error. What? The whole thing a with joke here. The, it's not a joke. This is a, this is a, this is an <laughs> anecdote. So the whole thing of like Popeye getting his power from spinach. 
that's based on a study where someone misplaced the decimal point because oh, the whole reason yeah. people ate spinach was it was supposed to have a ton of iron. It has iron, just not as much as they thought because they put the decimal mm. in the wrong place. So like, oh. so the whole thing of him getting super strong is iron's going to your red blood cells and it's supposed to help there. Spinach helps with that, but not nearly as much as they thought it was. So the whole Popeye eating spinach thing is just based on a mistake that, that no one has bothered really correcting. I think if you ask most people to this day, they'd tell you like, oh, yeah, good source of iron, spinach. Like if you have anemia or whatever, it's like it's an OK source of iron. Yeah. Uh, in this, <laughs> spinach is basically it's the fatality at the end of boss fights. You hit bosses enough, they will drop a can of spinach and this happens. So there's a, a cool animation of Popeye eating the spinach and then like his limbs get huge one after the other. And then the next thing he just grabs the boss and then there's like a little animation of him swinging around his swinging them around his head or he'll twist them like a, like he's wringing out a towel or, you know, so he'll do something and then they'll just throw them. They'll bounce around the screen. That's it. Fight one. I am dying to know all of your experience with the Popeye cartoons and specifically so like as a kid who grew up near LA I sometimes I'm not sure what made it outside of LA versus what was local market. nothing made it outside of LA well that's not true we know most stuff does right but so like there was a very famous show hosted by a man named Tom Hatton he started hosting these Popeye cartoons back in like the 50s he's regarded as like a pioneer of TV but my exposure, like, starting in 76, he rekindled, like, there was a syndicated series called Popeye and His Friends, which aired until 1988. He also hosted this thing called it's KTLA's Family Film Festival, where he would show, like, cartoons. He's, like, this old gentleman, white hair, equivalent to, like, a Mr. Rogers. But that was the weekly host of Popeye cartoons in the Los Angeles area. Like, KTLA is very much a yeah, Channel 5. It's a Los Angeles that. channel. But, like, was that syndicated or was that just in L.A.? Like, how did I you never, guys get Popeye cartoons? Never. And I, I remember Daniel Tree showed me something. Um, he's from New Orleans, and Popeye's Chicken would host this, like, Popeye hour where they'd play Popeye cartoons in between is your UHF, who wants to drink from the fire hose? But right. instead of that, e eating Popeye's fried chicken, I definitely never saw that. But th that's how the world was stratified. You'd have local... The whole reason theatrical cartoons from the 30s and 40s were on television is because, oh, these are still working, but we have to string them together somehow. We we have time left over. And that's where you get, for lack of a better word, your Krusty the Clowns, your Bozo mm -hmm. Clowns. They were there to introduce cartoons. It was like Masterpiece Theater. Like, remember the George Plimpton thing on yeah. Disney Channel growing up? It's like yeah. they had mm -hmm. to string those together with a... It's so weird that they use these elderly gentlemen with white hair to host these cartoon hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm George Plimpton, the king of cartoons. <laughs> a, a, a lot of clowns, a lot of... Yeah, New York had a bunch of famous people. Like, uh, we didn't really have that. We just had packages. Okay. And again, that's part of the reason I find all this so fast. In my, I was stupid. I didn't see it. Uh, Popeye, my favorite Popeye trivia um, for the cartoons during World War II, where he made a cartoon called You're a Sap, Mr. Jab. So I just Oof. have no idea how it's so popular in Japan. Uh, they ignored they that part. <laughs> they, they changed his outfit to white. And the cartoons kept it there. He kept his outfit as white. So when you see Popeye in his black, blue, and red, that is his original or comic form. And that's what this game is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although, interestingly, that bit that I played at the beginning with the Popeye theme actually 
translates the opening from those cartoons with the all-white outfit into sprites. So it's like it's a different wow. version of Popeye that shows up in the opening splash screen than is in the rest of the game. It's the first DLC. you got to buy that skin mm-hmm. to put it in the game. Yep. That's what it was. Yep. But, but that's and even even dumber if I can give you a little bit of Popeye lore. Popeye was famously put on screen by Max and Charles Fle- and Max Fleischer, mm-hmm. the Fleischer brothers, and then through Paramount. And then after Paramount stopped making cartoons, the actual comic book companies like, why don't we just make our own fucking cartoons for much less and lower quality? But if we were little kids, we didn't see the difference. They were yeah. just more Popeye cartoons, yeah. and and. Uh, that's why he has such a robust catalog and why he's existed for a long time because United it's it's like a and I don't know why this never happened like why didn't United Features or King Syndicate start making peanuts cartoons instead of allowing Bill Melendez to do it all himself but it'd be like if that happened like a different a completely different flavor decades of different pop never mind mm. I'm I tend to bore everybody <laughs> with my Popeye knowledge this is a good game surprisingly good it, despite it looks its amazing. idiosyncrasies it's like this is fun this is really well designed I I was really happy to have discovered it um so yeah if if, if you're in looking More for Popeye. something weird on Super Famicom if you're a F- Popeye fan for some reason give it a look <laughs> And if you can um, explain why it translates to Tale of Teasing Witch Seahag, I want to know what where yeah. the teasing is in this. Ooh, thing. I'm showing just a little bit of my witch leg. Oh, you can see just the bottom <laughs> of my rump. It's titillating. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not thinking of olive oil now. There is nothing grosser than that olive oil in a bikini spray. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, that's what's funny. I was going to make a joke earlier. Like, yeah, this is the worst mod to Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball of all time. <laughs> the, yeah, Popeye that, yeah, the Popeye Beach Volleyball, like, <laughs> Olive oil should never be in a bikini. I'm sorry. (laughs) She should be in like an old-timey 1900s bathing suit. Yes, absolutely. Always yeah. a floppy she, one. She's not a modern woman. Come yeah, on. Her knees, she should not show her knees, basically. Mm-hmm. They got to be covered up. You know, it's yeah. how yeah. it goes. Bathing suit in her is little more than a Halloween bandit's costume. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, why am I shitting on olive oil? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I, 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 this looked. Um, um, this is something I never saw before today or uh, the other day, and I I thought it would look hilarious. It, it reminded me of that. Uh, Tiny Toons game from Treasure where you're just like busting the hell out of like one enemy at a time like Popeye's meant for punching he shouldn't be jumping and collecting hearts yeah he shouldn't be stomping ants and then hitting things with an anchor that's a little weird but it works you know it's it's weird kid friendly Rygar fine (laughs) (laughs) kid friendly Rygar as if there was any distinction for parents Oh, Rygar's a macho game. Uh, anyway, let's move along to... I don't want to stop talking about Popeye. Well, you'll want to start talking about this. Number three. Sounds vaguely like uh, knockoff Pirates of the Caribbean It's, it's music. a great soundtrack. This is a great yeah. soundtrack. Mickey No Which, Tokyo, Disneyland, Daiboken, Boken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mickey's Tokyo Disneyland adventure. I this guess. is all I ever wanted growing up. There, A yeah. few games tried to delve into Disney Park lore, because oh. I, I realize this about myself. I am, I like Disney stuff. I fucking obsess over Disney parks specifically, and mm-hmm. like no video really? games really. We had that Connect game, which is like outside the attractions, great tour no, of Disneyland. Dis- inside the attractions, garbage. Nothing like the attractions. Like 
This game Ad- is Ad- Adventures in, in the Disneyland. Magic Kingdom. Yes. Adventures in the Magic Kingdom is the closest thing you have, and that game is like seventy percent suck. Yeah, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. or you, we would get you know my former bosses. They worked on that fucking kart racer where they learned after the fact. Yeah. They got the license to Disney World. None of the characters within that world, and had to no. get a whole other round of. <laughs> Of character yeah. licenses and oh, stuff man. where it's like yeah it's weird disney disney would split up the licenses back there back then mm-hmm. and so it is rare that you get a game not only featuring disneyland but featuring disney's number one star mickey mouse mm-hmm. yeah the the plot to this the storyline is like this is the most corporate thing imaginable where mickey shows up at tokyo disneyland to entertain people but finds out that pete and his rascally tr- crew have told all the other characters that today is an off day. So rather than work, they've gone off to uh, just enjoy themselves in the park. So Mickey needs to track them down and and find them and have them entertaining people again. And uh, yeah, so it's like, it's, it's not an off day. Get back to work, slaves. Uh, <laughs> but but, but my, favorite, my favorite thing about Disneyland in general... Mm-hmm. Is I remember Warren Spector explained like Disneyland is laid out like a perfect video game. Mm-hmm. Spoke, pick spoke, your level. Spoke and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. In every le- in early the bit era, many of your games. Well, you have your Western level, your water level, your mm-hmm. pirate level, your space level. That's what this is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, the, the thing is, like, there's no reason that this would not have translated to an American Disneyland game because it's. He's going around to levels based on various attractions. And, like, all that shit is in the U.S. Big Thunder Railroad, the Haunted yeah. Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Space Mountain, all of yeah. it. The knock against Tokyo Disneyland, because this is technically based in Tokyo Disneyland, but the knock yes. against it for years and years was it was too close to Disneyland in terms of it's, it's just like there's nothing original here, which is... Why ultimately they built Tokyo Disney Sea, which yes. there's nothing like Tokyo Disney Sea outside of nothing. Disney Sea. But it's like, like Michael said, like all the attractions are kind of the same. There's a few unique things in here, and one of them is like the game's final boss is a thing unique that to Tokyo shit Disneyland. That is incredible. Yeah. So yes. I, I have, I have audio. It won't tell you much, but it'll set this up at least. So that final boss is the the ending of uh, the Black Cauldron. It's, it's the Black. Pete, it's tied in the Black Cauldron. Pete dressed as the Horn King, the summoning horn king. skeletons to fight. You him. know that classic, the Black Cauldron, that yeah, everyone that, loves that and everyone can't stop loves. talking about. We're talking to the guy credited to getting it on DVD, Christopher <laughs> VHS VHS, uh, credited yeah. by. Uh, the author of the books it was based on, Lloyd Alexander. Lloyd Alexander. And if you yeah. say to yourself, well, wait, guys, there's no Black Cauldron shit in Disney parks. Ho, 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 my friend. In Tokyo Disneyland, there was an entire yes. underground castle tour based on... It was the only place where Satan was in a Disney park, basically. Oh, <laughs> if you haven't seen a walk... Like, they had to change it multiple times because it's so scary. And that is why I believe Tokyo Disney didn't take a ton of risk of, like... What this is what happened when we developed our own right, ride. Right. People were displeased and uh it was very scary, but it was basically like they literally in the beginning they lured you in. Come see Pinocchio and Alice and Jesus Christ Baker, who is the guy in Black Cauldron? Uh, the Horn T- King? 
No, no, the, the 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 guy, the kid. Oh, Ter- Taron. Yeah, Taron. Come see Taron, and you walk in, and like their faces evaporate, and their villains come up, and like this was a dirty trick. We summoned you underground so all the villains could take advantage of you. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing from loose translations from the YouTube videos <laughs> I've seen, yeah. but it does culminate in the Horn King. Because the attraction the 2000s, has, a, by the way, a cast member. That is like the tour guide for the whole thing. Like they had to memorize an extensive script for this walkthrough yeah. thing. Like it's insane. It's insane. And this doesn't exist anywhere but Tokyo Disney, and it existed until the 2000s. And it, obviously, it was built around when the Black Cauldron came out. Uh, Japan assuming like, yeah, it's a Disney movie. It'll, It'll make a billion dollars. And it, I, it makes me wonder when I see this. Like, even if it wasn't Black Cauldron wasn't su- successful, was the Horn King somehow synonymous with the park? with fans that he had to be included in the game well we all know disney's luck with things with you know the black hole black cauldron both all classics (laughs) all classic films to this day that everyone loves and cherishes well another interesting touch is that all the enemies in this game like when you so mickey has two weapons he Mm -hmm. has water balloons and he has helium balloons and uh you can you can hear him uh filling a helium balloon here So what's interesting about them is that so you you have unlimited water, unlimited helium, it doesn't matter, and you just hold down a button to fill them. Uh, it make if, if you fill the the water balloons enough, you can use them as a weight to hold down switches as well as a weapon. And if you fill up the helium balloons, you'll you get to float around indefinitely. But then when you let go, if you're holding in a direction, it will launch you in that direction. So that's pretty cool. Another thing is that when you hit enemies with the water balloons their costumes will shatter and it's like ghosts and goblins or something where you've got Arthur in his underwear underneath his armor <laughs> and, and they'll fall off the screen. So when you attack those skeletons during the last boss fight, the the skeleton parts will shatter and they'll just be like a guy underneath, like, you know, one of those little dog henchman dudes. Ah, uh, are you listening? So Super Mario sunshine. That is how you use a fucking water and healing gun. <laughs> right? That's and, like uh, their way of saying, see, there are no real skeletons here. It's just park workers. Ah, that you're abusing. As, as yeah. far I, I played through all of this, um, as part, I, I, I was, did a video on best representations of Tomorrowland in video games. Mm. And this is like a whole Tomorrowland world. That is really cool. Uh, really, really cool level. But my favorite part about it, Matt, you should beat this because the ending is just the electric light parade. Fucking with love it. Yeah. All these, in, including like Scrooge's girlfriend, whose name I don't even remember. I had that on vinyl as a kid. I had the soundtrack to the electric light parade. Dude, vinyl. Our our ice cream man fucking Shut rolled up oh, to yeah, our park, yeah. pl- blaring. I demand we we close out with a horrible real big fish cover of that song. There are no lyrics, so they just go da 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 to their horns. We'll see. But yeah, there's also like this is this is one of the only Splash Mountain levels in a video game. Like they have a whole ass. Like you, you dive into the briar patch and, and yeah. th- at the end of the big waterfall. Like that's. I neat. mean, it would shock you how much you get to talk to Brer Rabbit in the 2013 Connect game, but mm. it, there's a lot of cutscenes with those characters that are now barely mentionable. Brer Bear, <laughs> Brer Bear Fox are both in that Connect game. Mm. Brer Frog. It just means brother. Mm-hmm. And it's all me. It's all me. 
Now, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, now then, Brad Fox, they don't no, 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 no harm now then. <laughs> but again, this is yeah. one where I wonder if they didn't bring it over to the States because they just said, oh, it's Tokyo Disneyland, they won't love it. Well, or maybe it's because the I, other Disney or Mickey platforms yes, were here. That's what I think because it's number one, this is uh, put out by Tomy. Uh, Capcom had a lock on the, the Disney license and the Mickey license, especially. In lock the it 90s. up. Yeah. Lock it up. Yeah, man, the, the, Shit, what were those games? The World of Illusions? Castle of Illusions, um, World of Illusions. Well, well, the Genesis ones were Castle... The World of Illusions were uh, Capcom. And, uh, yeah, like, but it looks very much like those games. Mm. And, 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 yeah, I can't... Honestly can't tell you unbiasedly how good it is, but like Matt, I get a big kick out of, like, the park theming. Like, that was... Park fandom seems really popular with stuff like defunct land and podcast the ride nowadays, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. wasn't back then. And, there, and I don't think there was a bunch of people over here pining for a licensed game based on Tokyo Disney. It was just a thing you thought you'd never see on an alien planet. And uh, I wish we had, because this is, this is at least as fun as any of those illusion it's games. It's a very decent game with an excellent soundtrack, mm-hmm. yep. which you may or may not have heard before listeners. You may or may not be hearing right now as we're talking. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's a thing I do. This uh, thing was made by Tommy. Tom, hey Tom, Tommy. bring this over here. <laughs> Tommy Montana. Uh, all right, let's... his name was Tommy Wami. Sorry, I'm into Mr. Show sketch now. Um. <laughs> all right, well, let's move along to number two. Magical quest. That's what it was. Ah, yes. Uh, this is a game that we've talked about before on here. New- I feel like you cut you cut out the refrain that everybody would get. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that was deliberate. I'm, I'm reusing a sound clip here. You can never tell. Uh, new Ghostbusters 2, which only came out for the Famicom and was produced by Hal Labs. You know, Kirby. The, the Kirby people. Ah, yes. Uh, and we, we got the kind of crummy Activision one where you awkwardly drive around in the Ecto one instead. But this this was a fantastic little it's just great really fun little game that adapts the events of the movie. You always have a team of two Ghostbusters working together. Uh, it doesn't really matter which two you pick. In fact, you can add Lewis Tully to the team. Uh, just it's it's the first Ghostbusters game to let you play as. Winston and he's on the, the cover. Guy. Winston's yes. on the cover. Yes, and it came from Japan. Oh, like no other game let you do that ever. It was. <laughs> it's not even a hard palette swap. They just said, "Nah, no, uh, I could go on with my racist executive impression from the 1980s." But you see where I'm at. He it's is Vigo. Utterly, you are like the buzzing utter- of flies to him. <laughs> it's yes. utterly ridiculous that it took a Japanese company to do this. A playable Winston. It, it has a huge headed Janos Poha boss for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to fight, but yeah, the, the setup is real simple. It's a, a little top down puzzle shooter game where one ghostbuster fires the proton beam and the other deploys the trap. And uh, it's just super fun. It might be yeah. one of the best ghostbusters games ever it made is well, next to the 361. Yeah. Nothing's going to beat the yeah the one with all the cast yeah, in it. Yeah, hearing the original cast. Super yeah. rewarding. But other than that, it is the best Ghostbusters game. It features, it, I, I hate to say it, but I prefer the logo for Ghostbusters 2 over the... I mean, 
Mm. It's brilliant. You take that ghost, you make him do a peace sign for the number two, and it's like it just it creates itself, basically. Can yeah, you... peace sign. They're gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been busted, P. It's V for victory. The ghosts win this time. <laughs> <laughs> but am I wrong? It's a it's a great logo. It's it's a it's an improvement over the yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I've said that a uh, well mainly for my generation. Like I was like three when Ghostbusters came out. I saw it, but I lived through the marketing of real Ghostbusters in the second movie. Like that was mm-hmm. the onslaught that I received when I received the Ghostbusters onslaught. Was, and I imagine the first movie didn't. You know, it's the first movie. It didn't have that going for it either. No, it was a slob comedy. They didn't yeah. know to give it an onslaught. And, and, I, the, and the second I, one was based more on it was it was for kids. It was for yeah. the real Ghostbusters audience. It wasn't for adults I, who I, liked the first movie. I was theorizing just from the first movie I was talking to someone who just showed their kid the first Ghostbusters and like, God damn, that librarian scene scares them off all the time. It's like, terrifying. That's how yeah. that's how you know they didn't focus test this or care about kids. Mm-hmm. Can I like, tell you how scared I was of my refrigerator as a kid because I saw Ghostbusters in theaters at the age of six like i was terrified because of fucking <laughs> zool yeah man it's it's it was not fucking it's why it holds up so well to be honest Do, now you guys know all this these this new why is this called new ghostbusters 2 why did they have I to add the new they had to establish that because they had been existing off of ports of the what commodore or arcade game mm. uh, there were so many different versions and they and i don't believe they were very well received after a while, after this, this, the the smell of a new Ghostbusters, I, I remember it's the first NES game. A kid, a poor kid, went home, played for a couple weeks, and handed me it, mint in box. Like I don't, I don't like this NES Ghostbusters game at all. <laughs> and the second one is markedly better by being a straight platformer, but it's not very creative. It, it's 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 not a great yeah. side scroller. It's just. Well, competent. The the NES version of Ghostbusters is also as, we, as we've discussed before, it is the one of the worst ports of that game. It is yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, but that game is also like it is a Ghostbuster simulation. You will run mm-hmm. out of gas if you lose yeah. money and have to push the ecto. You know, all the fun stuff kids loved that weren't in the movie. Mm-hmm. But the new thing doesn't have anything to do with real Ghostbusters or all that stuff, right? It's No, it's, I, I, no. I think it's just a distinction to say, like, there was already a Ghostbusters 2 game. This is the new one. Okay. And it, they, they should have called it fucking Hal's Howl, Ghostbusters, for fuck's <laughs> sake. That would, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess too. the uh, yeah there there is a new on the box. Um, yeah, it, it, it's on. It's, it's part of the logo on. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the Wikipedia article. I'm not really seeing an explanation. Although technically, a version of this did come to the U.S. for the Game Boy, but we never got the NES the the proper version, the full version with color. Yeah, but so. like a, a co-op two-player Ghostbusters game, like how. What the fuck? Yeah, like I mean, why you do we play what? it as, as co-op? You didn't have to. I know, but yourself. still, like how? Like there, there weren't a lot of games with great co-op, especially ones that are licensed. Chippendales mm. Rescue Rangers is the only one that comes to mind. Hmm. How much would you have killed to play Ghostbusters with your friends during a sleepover? Be Ghostbusters. That'd be pretty cool. Jesus Christ! We certainly and, pretended yeah, I, enough. We certainly yeah. acted out Ghostbusters. So, yeah, I played and, it. I played yeah. it all the way through for the first time a few years ago, and was just smitten with it. I loved it. Yeah, and it even has the fucking Scolari brothers. Scolari brothers. That okay? That was the one part of the movie that kind of freaked me out as a kid. 
Really? The, yeah. The, well, they, the, they just look so freaky. And it seemed you know, very Muppety to me at the time. Yeah. Well, but they're, they're all glowy and distorted. So, yeah. you know, when you see the actual Muppets that they use, it's like, oh, that's not scary. Yeah. But, did, you, did you get to meet them when you were at Lucas? <laughs> you did. I know that. You, you took uh, pictures Baker, of did me. you see the Scleries? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. They're, they're in that walkway over the, uh, mm-hmm. over the uh, entrance or whatever. Uh, Along with uh, the Vigo, the Carpathian painting. And the there. batteries, the, the robots from batteries not included. I love that building. Oh, yes, lovely. Yes, I loved working there. It was great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think I just took solace in Rip Torn. He just said he was a comforting presence as a kid. And his, his you know, sorry. I don't think that was him. That wasn't him. That wasn't no. him, was it? That was the guy who is in Ozark and Stuart saves his family. <laughs> Jason okay. Bateman. Ah. Yes, <laughs> Jason right. Bateman in that scene. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm realizing with all of these that we're talking about? It's like I feel like uh, you know, there's a lot of just limited run. I'm at eight bit companies like that will put out. Uh, you know, they like re-release NES Star Wars and Game Boy oh, Star yeah. stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah. what's keeping them from like going to a new Ghostbusters two or yeah. Namco Star Wars and? And releasing those in America for the first time, I'm sure, like with their limited well, ones, it's the rights uh, they would sell. Like, yeah. You, you I, said yeah. one of the words keeping them: the fact that it's Namco Star Wars and not, you know, it's Bandai Namco has to grant them permission. Sure, of course, to do that. Of course, you know, but and, uh, yeah, it, it's just you know. So, so I actually have a real reason for this, and I hate to break it to listeners, and it's a, it's a shitty reason. I'm going to admit it. Um, they could, and the companies could make money on that stuff, right? But the amount of time that mm-hmm. they will have to invest for the amount of money that they would make, sure. it doesn't end up being... The juice isn't worth the squeeze for a lot of these companies. It's like, look, uh, even if it is something we're barely involved with, just the time of us paying that one person, their time could be spent better elsewhere where we would make millions versus the it's, whatever, tens to hundreds of thousands. It's the shittiest answer ever, and I've seen it dozens of times, like... You got to bring in like two lawyers to figure this out. That's now part of this game's budget you think isn't going to cost anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And however long they have to spend on it. And it's hard to like I've worked with Disney like uh, they they email you back but you're not the only person they're talking to. <laughs> it takes yeah. this shit takes time. Yeah, cuz typically whenever you hear people go, "Oh, why don't they use that would be so easy." A, it's never as easy as you think. B, it's always twice as expensive as you think it would probably be, or more. And then, yeah, see, it's like, now for all of that, is it going to be, is it going to make enough money to them? You yeah, know, I'm going to ask it's, a question that's going to make me seem like a bad nerd. Go. Is back. HAL owned by Nintendo or not? That's a good question. Uh, I want to feel, I feel like there's some, they're in the same building. I've just glanced at it. Is it like <laughs> a, is it like a Pokemon situation where Nintendo owns a majority stake? I think it's them? something like that. So like, not only are you negotiating with a Japanese company, you're negotiating with Nintendo and you're going to go way to the back of the line. If you want to release their Nintendo Ghostbusters game by the, like you have to talk to Hal, and yeah, ha- it means you have yeah. to go through Okay. Nintendo's. So technically according to Wikipedia, grain mm-hmm. of salt there, it's technically independent. So oh, it's closely okay. tied to Nintendo, but they are an independent studio. So I guess they're one of the last second-party developers ever in the world because there's very, so few second yeah. parties that exist mm-hmm. now. This is true. All right. Well, let's wrap this up with... No. Number one.
What is this, Seabank? That's Star Wars Attack on the Death Star. Yep. For the For- Sharp X68000. Yeah, yes. I guess that's for, remember, 6,800 or 68,000. How many consoles did Sharp put out? Why that number? <laughs> Too many. Well, like, I got I got a little confused talking to you guys about this because there's a Sharp X68000, the Sharp X1, the PC88, the PC98, uh, all these Japan-only computers that never saw the light of day over here. And uh, I got confused and I, with I confused the X sixty eight thousand with the PC ninety eight and like oh that's idiot that I loser I read about it's just like <laughs> yeah that had a lot of good games despite its capabilities and then like no 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 this thing came out in eighty seven and was a fucking powerhouse it was basically Japan's mm-hmm. answer to the Amiga it had wow. arcade perfect versions of games it had the only arcade perfect version of Final Fight. In in the the yeah. late '80s, early '90s, uh, and it got it had so Star Wars Attack on the Death Star was basically a remake, a full remake of the Atari original wow. arcade cabinet. With it is like, so weird to think of it that way, but I think you're correct. Yeah, with with the wireframe graphics, they yeah. they added cutscenes which mm-hmm. had the runtime out from like. I, what, like 10 minutes, 8 minutes? I think the opening is 6 minutes long. Yeah. And it, it, it does the entire crawl. And it's it's roughly, like, you can play through the whole thing in, in roughly, like, 15, 20 minutes, and you get to hear stuff like... An analysis of the plans provided by Princess Thea has demonstrated a weakness in the backstage. The Princess Leah that 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 Leah. made it in <laughs> after <laughs> all this time. So this was this was released in 1991, Japan only... And uh, it's it's kind of incredible. Like, this is, I think, a few years before X-Wing came out. So it was like the Star Wars arcade, <laughs> but you could actually, you could change your perspective. You could look around inside the cockpit. You could look out the, the rear window and see R2 moving around, looking around at stuff. Uh, and, and yeah, the, it begins with not just the crawl, but, like, the... Like a wireframe version of a super star destroyer the going after like the, the Tantive or Tantive. It's one of the weirdest fucking things I've ever... It seems like something a fan would make as a YouTube video. Instead, it's an interactive game. And you're right, it's a remaster, and but they, they stick they stick to the wireframing for some reason though although no game has used that but I, again i don't i lack the context for how popular that star wars arcade the game was was meant for vector graphics right and it so was it, it never looks the same when it's not in those bright beautiful well ask lines. ask baker like when was the last time you turned on your star wars arcade game my daughter turned it on last weekend, but hey, me personally, <laughs> yeah, it's I had a, I had a woman over months. and I turned it on to show her how cool I was, and boy, those panties like flew out the door and threw out its thumb and hitchhiked away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is just wrong like with that me? scene in Big where she wants to sleep over, and you gave her the yes. top bunk, mm-hmm. didn't you? Yeah, throw a sock at the Pepsi machine, like uh, <laughs> it really. <laughs> it's a deal sealer, I call it. Uh, but, this is an interesting game. Did you know who did the music on this game? Who? Yuzo Tommy Kishiro, oh, yeah. the guy who did the Streets of Rage trilogy and Act wow. Razor music. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big name. Yeah, Yuzo Kishiro. He's, uh, yeah, I have to, I have to think like a, a lot of this is just like a big tech demo in terms of yeah. the cutscenes and everything. Because 91, this is really advanced. Yeah. Like sound, like speech especially. Yeah, and, um, and, and nothing else. Like the the accurate an accurate represent, representation of the gameplay from 1982. 
yeah. is worthless. <laughs> but they do it anyway. Uh, because I guess the game is that revered. I, I, I just never grew up with people loving the arcade game. Because most everybody I totally I know. did. I, so, yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't know. It seemed like everyone loved Y'all it. Y'all are the oldest people version. I know. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved it that I had to I had to rest my eyes between plays because it would burn yeah. out it, my it, retinas with those beautiful vacuums. It was a weird experience. I, I last saw it at California Extreme a few years ago, and so I'm it's like, horrible. oh, God, i got to play this. And they start playing, and, like, these two little kids queue up next to me and, and are waiting for their turn to play. And I'm just like... Uh, I didn't know I was gonna. I didn't know I was gonna be smelled by children. <laughs> yeah. I, that's not why I come to arcades. Just let me play until I die, kids, and you can have it. And you stink in peace. Realizing, was, like, I oh yeah, to... this cockpit is a lot smaller than I remembered. Uh, I want to know if this developer was related to Fox in some way because their logo is the Fox, the 20th Century Fox Klieg light, like animation or did they just straight up rip that off i mean i think, probably ripped I think it off ripped uh, it namco off, yeah. did that too in their game it's m and m like i think the uh the developer yeah right? yes yeah. m and m that's mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. one thing i like about this game uh it's a fun mistake is uh it's clearly a new hope death star mm-hmm. but the cover is the return of the jedi death star oh uh, the, false the game. advertising <laughs> yes it's it's like a poster for return of the jedi basically but yeah, um, oh, I yeah. did play this. I did play this actually at uh, Long Island Re- uh, Retro Show oh. in 2019, um, and it w- it was fun. It was a lot of fun for like five minutes, and then the 1991 of it sinks in, and you realize <laughs> there's no radar or map or anything. Uh, and I mm. had to kill this one Tie Fighter that I just couldn't find. I mean, there is so a radar. I- it's just shit. Like it, does, yeah, it, it makes was, no okay. sense because it's uh, like wh- whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it was there. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it made no sense. And for like ten minutes, I just searched for this Tie Fighter that would have gotten me presumably to the Death Star, but I never made it because I couldn't find it. And I just kind of had to give up after a while. <laughs> but uh, it was pretty fun until that point. Can I? Can I just lightly ask? Maybe it's a community question. Uh, Facebook group. What was the last Sharp product you saw? Hmm. hmm. It has been. I, they still exist. Uh, they're TV. still around. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, of yeah. them as TV. Like, yeah, they made a ton of phones in Japan for a while. Decent like, quality, cheap TVs is what I think of them as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sharp. I, I just, I, 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 I assume they did not exist anymore, but they do. And I, I know they have one of the most sought-after CRTs that had like an NES built into it. Really? Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's like I, a. It's it's a. Big, huge one with collectors. I know. Yeah, I saw. I saw. I saw a TikTok on it recently. <laughs> there you go. I think somebody scored it for six hundred dollars. Hmm. Fools. Yeah. So this <laughs> this game is uh, it. Like, if you've ever played the Atari Star Wars, you have a rough idea of what to expect. You fight Tie Fighters <laughs> above the Death Star. You swoop down to the surface of it. You fight these, you know, the big turbo laser towers. Then you do the trench run. Oh, hey! you got a copy. Nice. <laughs> and, the, and yes, that is the Return of the Jedi Death Star. Yes. On that. Holy shit. Hold on. Well, the um, Falcon's on there. <laughs> wait, what, what is Hold it up again, Baker. What is that exactly? Is it the uh, Sharp this game? This is the game. Yeah, oh, shit. the game I'm talking about that I'm... That no one can actually—it's—it's it's in like a like a porn clamshell box. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's huge. It is that. Yeah, that's wow. a good comparison. It is that huge. Yeah, and I think it has floppies inside. Let's see. Yeah, it has it has uh, your old school kind of floppies. Like, oh wow! I, was gonna say, I, I have no idea damn. which media quarter inch floppies. The sharks yeah. took. Yeah, that's okay. And yeah. I've heard that it actually came with a Darth Vader action figure as well, but. Hmm. Uh, I don't know how true I mean, that it, is. It better a ten-year-old fucking game. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. 
Well, but it feels more like playing the movie. Like, there are all yeah. these things. Like, there's the additional chatter from the other X-Wing pilots. There is, at, at the end of it, like, Vader... to get through. Vader and his wingmen, like, you can see them fl- flying behind your X-Wing directly, and they're, like, oh. giving you a bunch of shit. And then what happens? Han Solo flies in. Got to have the full musical bit. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> your tinny, awesome. tinny recreation of sure sounds like Star, Star Wars, Wars. Mm-hmm. broadcast through the world's smallest speaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if you are recording someone sitting on the other side of a bus watching Star Wars on their phone. <laughs> At a drive-in theater, a drive-in movie theater. That's how that would sound. Anyway, it's it's super cool that that existed and weird that, like, they never found a I way never to, knew about it till now. To so. bring that version to the U.S. and that there's never been a port of it so far as I know. Um, and, I just and think, I, I, you know, if you think, like, two to three, it must have been three years later... They had CD-ROM games on PC that were just mm-hmm. doing what this could do and running laps around this tech. So there oh, was kind of sure. no reason, really, for this thing to exist after 91, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't have anything that could play it. I think this yeah. that system was actually more advanced. I'm looking at the back of the box, and, and I'm, I'm noticing some fun things. Like, uh, it says, a bunch of Japanese, but just... 3D pop the, mm. the phrase 3D pops up every time. <laughs> repeatedly. Then, then there's like in the corner down here, uh, it's tell it's basically don't copy that box. Don't no copy. copy. No copy. <laughs> no copy. <laughs> As Chris can tell you, having worked at a Japanese company, that is very emblematic of like a lot of business conversations in Japan. Just Japanese, Japanese, Japanese. Three or four American phrases thrown in there. It's like, okay, I follow that. And you can kind of yeah. follow along with what people are saying. Havoc engine. Like, um, right. <laughs> action <laughs> game. <laughs> I, like, uh, yeah, I, I remember yeah, like talking yeah. to the Devil May Cry guys once when I was in the press. And, they were, and it was like, Japanese, 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 action game. Yep. Japanese, Japanese, Japanese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Karata action. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I tried to, uh, I think I tried to emulate one of the sharps, if not this one. Most development has been given up on, on the sharp mm-hmm. emulation. I, 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 yeah, I never got very far with it. Yeah. There's so this is a, cool a true oddity, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is emulatable, but like, I did not have the patience or the time to oh, it's, it's play so it before fu- the show. It was so fucking hard, man. It, it was damn. such a weird, there was a lot of machines like this, which, they were all like basically different models of PCs, but mm-hmm. we'd still classify them almost as console because it's like back then, the concept of a PC and being this universal platform that everything ran on that wasn't actually happening. Like even yeah. even in the states, you would go, I'd go to like software etc. Babbage's, and it'd be like, here's a box that works for Amiga, and mm-hmm. oh, you need you need the IBM version of this game over here. That's mm-hmm. over here. Like the PC the, quote unquote market was not a market. It was it the, was, the you know, younger fragmented. version of that. When I'm trying to PC game, is like you want. Oh, you can't play the VGA version of this game. You need the CGA version of this mm-hmm. game. Like, yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? God damn it! Why isn't and it all included in one box? I know it. Yes, and, and but that's that's part of it. When everybody's trying to make a console that's also looks like a PC, they flooded the market with this just. 
missable garbage and uh what these electronic giants all ate their fucking lunch got you know got their shit handed to them lost the metaphor there but like mm. uh yeah ate their yeah. fucking garbage got the shit handed to them got yeah <laughs> ate their garbage and i was trying not to say something homophobic uh-huh. so. yeah i know <laughs> Um, All right. Well, yeah. that has been our top five. Thank you again, Seabake, for the idea and for doing most of the work ahead of time. Uh, Can I just mention a couple other please, honorable mentions? Please throw them on there. Captain America in the oh god, I forgot the, I went blanked on the name. Uh, the Doom Tube of Doctor Megaloman. Oh. Doom Tube yeah, in America in the Doom Tube of Doctor Megaloman. Filthy. That yeah. sounds mm-hmm. way filthy. Is the first ever is. Captain America video game, and it never came out in the United States. Nope. Only came out in Europe. Only. Popular could Captain America be outside of America? <laughs> and then, of course, there are the worst Star Wars games of all time, uh, which were four games: two based on Ewoks, two based on droids. Made in that Spain, only came I out think. for the MSX in Spain <laughs> in 1987. <laughs> wow, Spain for some reason that, that is a Venn diagram of, of four people. <laughs> Spain loved Ewoks and droids. Uh, probably more than any other country, uh, is, as far are those, as I can tell. Because those the those games that are just like in. like shitty puzzle. I, I watched you, yes. your YouTube channel. You played one of those, and like it was hysterical yeah. that someone called this a game. Mm. Yes, you, there's like one is a puzzle of, of Wicket the Ewok, and the bottom half is his face. The top half is sky. Like half the puzzle <laughs> is sky. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! And, and then there's like the these two shooters, like is what you're saying. There's one shooter called the White Witch, which I'm sure you remember your droids lore very well. But the White Witch was the 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 was like a speeder that they used in the in droids cartoon. When is George R. R. Martin going to finish that series featuring the White Witch droids? That's but like that it was a speeder that had no guns, but the game was a shooter. Sure. I, I cannot wait to read more of uh what lightsabers, X Wings, and Scorpion Vader. I, yeah, none of those games we just mentioned are in it, but yeah. there's a ton make, of other Star Wars. Games. How do you make a shooter out of a series whose theme song begins stepping softly in a danger zone? No weapon in my hand. No weapon in my hand. <laughs> That theme song really is the best part of that show. I'm not. That show is not good. I never. I didn't even no. like it as a kid. Ewoks, yeah. I liked a lot, but. I, I just kept like, oh, weird. who's this guy with the mohawk? Is that Luke Skywalker? When's Luke yeah. Skywalker? Yeah, it was so confusing. Yeah. It's so confusing. The coolest thing I did around droids, I think I mentioned this somewhere, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, somewhere in between now and me being a kid, my sister loves Star Wars now. And before the pandemic ruined the prices of everything, I, I love getting people like one-of-a-kind animation cells. And I got this really dope. C-3PO with like R2-D2's hand-painted head popping in for like 20 bucks. And I went and looked and like, why did I give that to her? I don't even see that when I go to her house. She doesn't display it in public. Uh, It's in my office. Like, I'm not going to your fucking sweaty aerobics office. Gross. Uh, I'll buy myself one in like thousands of dollars. (laughs) So like, I'm pissed that I don't own a droid's animation cell. My sister does because of me. Gross. Yeah. For all you people watching Asuka, uh, turns out Star Wars TV always been hit or miss. Let's just say that. <laughs> I hear Asuka's fine. I mean, it's, if, you, if, if you've you, seen all of Rebels, the latest like, Ahsoka was, was really Ahsoka, good, actually. Yeah. The, the latest episode was, was quite good. But yeah, it got off to a kind of a slow start, I would agree. Mm. Yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, any anything else? Any other honorable mentions to toss out there? Uh, uh, the I, the He-Man one's one. kind of interesting because it, it was going to... There was a He-Man game yeah. that was based on the 2002 uh, cartoon. And that's one Camp of the Clark only was... times we got like a halfway decent He-Man game where you play as He-Man instead of like one of those Sky Cycle things. Right. Mm-hmm. R- right. Well, actually, you know, just based on platform, I would say that the, the Intellivision game was better. But mm. uh, this, mm. is a, this was like a game that was going to come out in the U.S., but uh, I think... TDK was gonna do it, and they folded. Yeah. Like uh, the cassette company TDK. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they brought out one Makers Aquaman of game. Prism, and... the last <laughs> Unicorn Volume One, or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Aquaman game and kind of folded up. Okay, Michael, I gave right, you one yeah, Aquaman, that, uh, that's right. it I solved the mystery too. we had as children. But you, you corrected me and said technically it came to arcades, but ah, uh, yeah, Goonies. Where? Yeah, the Goonies. Like, the reason the Goonies 2 was the Goonies 2 on NES was because there was technically another Goonies game that we yeah, didn't see other than well, I still never played it. I, I played the shit out of it. There there was a department store that had a play choice that had Versus the Goonies, and I fucking loved it. As I, was, I was huge into the idea of the Goonies. I just loved the idea of, like, boy adventurers. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, a, it's, it's American, uh, contemporary American Zelda. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> wanted to project myself onto that stuff. And uh, and and it was a lot of fun. And then it's like it never came out for the the NES. We only got Goonies two, and it wasn't until years later that I realized like, oh, because that was only released on Famicom. Mm-hmm. So confusing. But somehow, once again, I thought I thought there was a Goonies two movie that I missed, and I kept we going all did to as video kids. stores and like, uh, I, I, yeah, it's not. It's probably rented out. Like uh, we didn't think that we had missed <laughs> like, it. See, my friends, like our head canon was see they're making the second movie and they just had to release the game because it was in production and mm-hmm. soon we'll get that second movie soon. Yeah, like, with Annie the Mermaid. Oh, sure. Don't touch the Goonies. And I, I want to give a massive shout out to Super Back to the Future Two or whatever it is. Oh yeah, that game is fucking great and uh and, and one of the best back to the future games ever made and never made it on american shores really cool that's true it's that's, like all hoverboard yeah that's not saying much though one of the best back to the future games ever made it isn't it isn't at yeah. all mm. no but yeah it's, Even, it's pretty awesome i remember it was like a year a couple years ago uh then girlfriend i'm like dude they're pulling this telltale back to the future game wouldn't you love to see like a sequel to back to the future and we just got so bored, so so fast with that <laughs> game. But I do own it. Mm, can't take All that right. away from me. Well, we're going to take a little break. What was it you said? Real Big Fish's cover of the Disney Electric Parade song. <laughs> <laughs> Please right. tell me there's just a horn section playing most of that and song. When we come back, we've got some shit to talk about. we got Starfield. We got Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out on PS5. We'll get into that right after this. Get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? 
then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Let me see Alan over here to yeah. tell me more about not only a trip to Japan, the, the most recent person I know to go to Tokyo Disney Sea, biggest, bestest, most expensive Disney theme park in the entire world, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Most expensively built, maybe not to visit right now with the strength of the dollar. Hey, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Tokyo Disney Sea twice to the point where, ask me if I'd go again. Would you go again, Chris? I don't know that I would. That place has three hour lines for everything. Well, the thing that I did, because the ticket, you know, with the the Mm -hmm. conversion rate and stuff like that, the, the ticket itself to the park was only $70. Damn, really? Which is like half as expensive as Disneyland. Yeah. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment, where we're just going to dive headlong into what I'm sure will be either a very short or very long. Starfield. <laughs> Starfield, stop eating my pebbles. Uh, stars I on hate you. Mondays. Yeah. I hate them. <laughs> hey, so here's the thing, Michael. I was complaining to you guys. Like, I've played this game a little, not nearly enough to have an opinion because I've been playing on PC, and it made me realize how much I fucking hate PC gaming. Of the fact that, like, yeah, this thing runs, but it's gonna take me two hours to get it running the way I want it to be running on PC. So, like, you've played, I think, a lot more of it because you. Yes. You got suckered into paying extra for all the well, so I could talk about it on this show specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not, I wasn't like hugely champing at the bit to play it, but like, yeah, I'll talk about it if it means that I, you know, I can provide a more interesting. I, I can I just say, and I, I don't have a ton of interesting things to say because I just got to uh, uh, the Constellation Lodge. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can get a cool suit there. Apparently, this is the yeah, most cool. I've ever enjoyed a Bethesda game. Really? really? Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Okay. And I mean, a, a, a recent one, just because I find them mostly meandering, too talkative. Uh, but the intro is pretty talky. This, the this one's a bit more brisk. I, th- I think a PC Gamer actually said, like, this is not a game for explorers, which is not to say it's it's a bad game or, you know, a bad RPG by, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I am really enjoying it. But it did take me a little while to sort of mm. manage my expectations vis-a-vis travel and space yeah. travel. That, like, if you are expecting No Man's Sky crossed with Fallout or Oblivion, it's not that. Uh, I, I think I saw an article which is like someone tried it. Mm-hmm. They like set a course a- for Pluto. Pierce tried it. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 she set up a course for Pluto, walked away, took like seven hours. And then when she got there, it's just like a, it's a 2D painting that the ship passed through because it doesn't actually take, it takes you to where that thing would be in the sky, but it's, it's like, no, you actually need to go to a loading screen to land on this planet. Yeah. Like it's so not, you need, you need to fast travel everywhere. You can't like fly into a planet's atmosphere and pick a landing mm. spot. Like there, there are certain landing points that you can land on. Uh, you will have to walk everywhere. There's no atmospheric flight or any vehicles that I've discovered yet. Yeah, and and jump is pretty dope. Yeah, the jump is pretty dope. There's jetpacks, right? In, like there's yeah. there's a jetpack skill I gave myself. Yeah, yeah nice. you you get the boost packs, and you can get different kinds of boost packs, and then you can uh, improve the jetpack or the boost pack perk so that it uses less fuel when you jump. 
Uh, it's it's pretty sweet, but it's not the same as like I'm gonna fly around at high speed. So like for example, one of the very first activities, like it it the the quest system is interesting because you have the mainstream quests that you know populate like you're used to, like oh a character tells you to go here and you meet this guy, and then like oh you can take on these two or three quests, whatever. That's one way. Another way is. You'll walk around town and you'll hear people talking and then it'll add like a little quest marker saying like, oh, these people just talked about how this company is hiring. Do you want to go work for that company? And I'm mm. like, no, I'm a space adventurer. Fuck off. And uh, then there, there are these activities that are just these like endless little tasks that it pops up. And it's like, you can do this. And one thing that it popped up early up early on with was uh, visit the London landmark on Earth, and like okay, and so you go to Earth, and Earth shows up as like brown in the star map, just a big brown planet, and you can kind of see the land masses. And so, so this is Wally. It's a little Wally. Yeah, it's basically Wally, but you go there, and it's just like oh, there's a thin CO2 atmosphere, and uh, the only remaining it's it, it looks like the surface of the moon the only remaining human structure is like the very like the top maybe you know, i don't know however many meters of the uh the london spire i think it's called it's it's like the tallest building in western europe and uh you can find like a little snow globe there and that's it then you've done the the task and so i just i just kind of wandered around and i found like you know chunks of meteorites and that's the thing with like the wilderness exploration you will find random things to scan you'll do a lot of scanning you'll scan for resources you'll scan for flora and fauna if the, if that's ac- applicable okay so that's some no man's sky shit yeah is and the then scanning. You, you'll spend a lot of time mining shit with your laser that's also very no, no man's, man's sky, sky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so it sounds like a cross like as i was seeing all the stuff about this game leading up to launch i was like oh this just looks like a cross between No Man's Sky and Mass Effect. And the fast travel stuff feels more the Mass Effect side mm-hmm. of things. You know? Oh, that's what I meant to grab. Some of the music early on, I, lo- I think Mass Effect's music is among one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard in my life. One of the best sci-fi soundtracks probably of all time. And this is pretty good, too. And every once in a while, I'm like, man, this is Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> this is so really? Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, There's I, I, I'll play a track if I can pull it up. I will see. Yeah, but I'm I'm having, despite all these complaints that I'm front loading, I'm having a ton of fun. You haven't been complaining. What what uh, background did you choose? What what, gangster? I went straight gangster. I I did the unknown one, the last one, because the perks look the best on that. Mm. Well, I I liked the idea of you know the boxing skill and the thievery, and uh, I I want I like I like to play a thief. In Bethesda games. I, I steal a lot of shit. I've I told you before, I play shit. these games yeah. as mule simulators. It's how uh-huh. much can I carry in my yeah. pockets. And, and I found out what's fun is that, so, you know, I, this being a Bethesda game, I remember like, oh yeah, whenever you steal shit, it has a little red marker next to it. It's considered contraband. But you can launder it by taking it to any vendor, selling it to them, and then buying it back. And that includes, like, you can do shit, like, there. there's this one vendor that I found, like, Man, this person's like a a really shitty like corporate executive, you know, exploiting the local population. But they're also a vendor, so I slipped into their office, stole a bunch of shit, and immediately sold it back to them. 
uh, that's Perfect. cool that you can do that. <laughs> yeah, because in, in previous Bethesda games, you would typically have to find a fence, like a dedicated, like not, most mm-hmm. vendors won't buy stolen shit, like somehow they saw the red tag. Yeah. And you would always have to find that one guy, but so it sounds like any vendor will buy stolen well, shit. Well, there's, there's the trading authority, and they, they like, there's Respect a guy that you can authority. talk to early on, and it's like, yeah, we're spread across the galaxy, and pretty much every single faction makes use of us, even like the crazy religious zealots and the space pirates. And uh, we we have a standing thing to never refuse a trade, and uh, no matter what it is, we'll buy it. <laughs> you know, and and he like there's a guy I think on Sidonia on Mars who will tell a story about like one time uh, a guy came in with like a giant alien fish like in a plastic bag and tried to sell it, and I was like, I don't know if we take that. And my manager came over to assure him that we absolutely did. So I had to process the trade, find a place to store it, and the crazy thing is that someone came in like a few minutes later and bought it. <laughs> so... I got a cargo hold full of dog assholes over mm-hmm. here. I got to unload them quick. Where can I sell them? You we'll take, take them those. to the trading authority. Yeah. <laughs> but it also We're the does authority the Beth- on training. It also does the Bethesda thing of the every vendor has a limited amount of money. I uh, so, fucking hate that shit. Yeah. So you got to find a rich one or the bugged mm-hmm. out one. Typically. Or you, you'll have to find a place with several and then just run around and unload all your cruft. And, and you mentioned already the faction. Like as you're creating your character, they straight up warn you like, hey, if you if you pick this perk, you're going to get locked out of this faction's quests. Like, it's, yeah, that's uh, why I didn't do that. Any of that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the yeah the I, I picked the gangster background, but I also like they have like little random bits of background. So I picked the the dream house, and the your parents are still alive, which is, oh you got to give them two percent of your income. Yeah, the, the, every but time, right? but it's also kind of neat because like oh you can go and. Their, their house is like a district away from the Constellation headquarters that, that you run the main quest out of. Uh-huh. So, they, you know, you can go visit them and then they will also periodically show up to embarrass you at work. And like, we just wanted to see this place for ourselves. And here's this uh, this priceless relic that, you know, this this pistol that was owned by the head of Constellation 50 years ago. And can I bring cookies next time? <laughs> wow. I, I, I took the unsung hero one with the one fan who shows up to bother you. Oh, the adoring fan from uh, from Oblivion. I have not seen him yet. Or her, but no, come it's on. it's a him. It's a him. It, He's got fucking Dairy it's Queen hair. A him. He is literally a character from Oblivion. Who like if you did the arena? It's that quest guy. Line, oh yeah. fuck! It's that's the that's why fan. I didn't choose that perk. Is yes. I I remembered that line. I also didn't choose it because typically you know like Fallout games would have was it the mysterious stranger perk of like mm-hmm. every once in a while someone will show up and shoot a random enemy. I'm like. That's never benefited me in combat once. I don't need this this random appearance bullshit. Oh, that's that's another thing. The companions that follow you. So you can always have one companion. Your first one is going to be the robot that is that comes with your ship. The const, not the constellation. What is it called? I'm already forgetting. Um, Mantis? No, it's been like two <laughs> days since I played it. The Mantis is a whole other quest line that I found. The out Normandy. About. <laughs> <laughs> the frontier. The frontier. Um, so yeah, you're. But your your first your first uh, companion is this robot. You can recruit crew members and then have like one of them accompany you on the ground at all times, and you know they can step in during conversations. For example, um, there's a part early on where you're trying to rescue this character and he's being ransomed by pirates. And if you have 
a certain character in your party, they can just come forward and say like, yeah, we have insurance for this. Here, I'll pay you. And then you don't have to pay them Love anything. It. Yeah, it's great. Is this the uh, Bethesda-style RPG? Because there are some crunchy shit in here. Like IGN did an article about all the various XP bonuses. Like you get, you're going to get well-rested. And then if you sleep with your companion wife or spouse, hmm. I guess, you know, you get an extra 5% experience. Maybe. Like, is this the one that. where like the more you do stuff, the better it, it levels up that skill? Like, so the more you sneak, the better at sneaking you get, the more it's shooting. The sort better of. It's... So, so okay. the way that it works is you can buy skills and they, they act like perks. Uh, you, you can buy them with skill points, but then they will come attached with challenges. And so mm. you do the, like kill 20 enemies with your bare fists and then when you do that, you can level up your boxing perk, so that's another skill point. But you have to do the challenge to unlock the next level before you can unlock the next level. Um, but the point I want to make about the companions is that they're extremely trigger-happy. Like, there have been a few times where I've been, like, trying to just scan the various alien animals on the surface of a planet. It's like, you oh, scan. here's a bunch of grazers. I'll just get up close to them and scan. And all of a sudden, my companion <laughs> just opens fire. And like, why are you trying to kill these harmless animals? I just want to scan them. Stand down. There's, like, no yeah. way to tell them, hey, back the fuck off. The scanning seems like one of the easiest ways to gain XP, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Stop it. Yeah, well, it's it's... The scanning and like discovering things gets you a little XP bonus. Uh, so that's that's pretty. It's cool. like it's like they know exactly what gave me dopamine hits when I was playing Mass Effect. I love scanning. I love mm -hmm. scanning shit. When yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm down with that. But sure. uh, yeah, a couple pieces of general advice I, I gave you guys this one: uh, resist the urge to grab every fucking thing you see. Not gonna do that. It's, I appreciate it's the advice, but yeah, it's a Bethesda game. I, I found myself like I'm just hoovering up like, oh, this this microscope's going to be worth something. Oh, I'll, I'll just grab all these medical vials. I'm sure I can sell those later. You will sell them for like a percentage, like a fraction of what the stated value is when you then grab them. Why are they even like you open this locker ice cube trays like what what the fuck are these here it's always for? been that way in their in their games where it's like this is worth five credits and then you sell it and it's only worth one credit and it yeah. might change depending on the vendor but, but it's it's also just like it's to add realism you can pick these things up and throw them around which is kind of yeah. yeah. uh you know you can use that to decorate your ship like i, I Did stole you? like every succulent that i saw in that first level like the plants. And then it, I I tried putting them on my ship and I just dropped them all over the floor. And you know what? That's where they live now. I, I tried to pick up one and place it somewhere, but it was like so laborious that it's just like, okay, now that's like me with real I'm plants. Question. There, yeah. So you, you mentioned you can buy perks or buy mm -hmm. the skills. Is there a cap though? Or can you be like Ubermensch where you can buy everything and level it up assuming you have I enough think credits? At least the first level things that I've unlocked, yeah, I think the, they have the, like the four tiers. The skill tree alone suggests like 800 million hours of gameplay because I, I only played for a few hours. I unlocked one. Well, Chris, one. if we're going to buy this game 20 times, like typical Bethesda <laughs> games, we have to have a lot of hours of content. Yeah. I've I've also been following uh, Greg Miller, who's been talking about his experience, and he says he's like on his fifth new game plus. And the advice that he gives is: do not try to do everything on your first playthrough. Like, try to pick a path that seems appropriate to the character that you want to play as. Like, if you want to be Constellation, do the main quest. If you want to be a space pirate, run off and join the Crimson Fleet. 
whatever. But that save something for your next playthrough because uh, it probably makes sense. There, there are reasons. But yeah, Star and Starfield is really good, and like you know, I don't want to completely downplay like the space flight because even though yes, you do fast travel everywhere, and it is possible to like fast travel across the galaxy more or less instantaneously. Like, hey, I'm on Mars and I want to go to this specific point on Alpha Centauri. You can just fast travel directly there. You don't have to go get in your ship, nothing. But getting in your ship is pretty cool. And the space, they, I mean, there's not a lot to do other than fight and, and loot the ships that you destroy, but that's a lot of fun. So is it worth, I mean, I took the, the, the perk that helps with the whole driving the ship. Is that a waste? Did I just waste my perk at that point or... Will that help me in the in the dog fights? In what space? How does it help you drive the ship? I don't. Know I don't know. There's a perk when you create a character that's like, yeah, you're a better pilot. It, mm -hmm. uh, okay. I, it sounded like Han Solo. It's probably I cool. It. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I, I I don't see it. I bet you get like an extra point towards your stupid little meter down. Yeah, I mean the that's bottom. the other secret of Bethesda games is like it just gets you a point or two in the right direction. But over the course mm -hmm. of the game, you can do whatever the fuck. I haven't gotten to the point where there's a lot of travel, but I was a little confused. Like, what is there to do in between travel? Like, will these people always show up? And I just started flying out and like, hey, nothing's happening. I'm sick of this already. <laughs> I'm just going to fast travel everywhere. Mm. Yeah, and that's fine. And like, you will find the best content that way. Like, there's there's not a lot of like incidental stuff like there's not a mm. lot of reasons to just go roam the countryside unless again you want to scan shit and, and that's just, what's like, wild to animals me and is stuff i've always felt like the appeal of bethesda games was part of them was i'm just going to point my character in this direction mm -hmm. and walk straight yeah. and i will encounter walk quest straight. lines and there's going to be environmental storytelling it sounds like there might be a lot less of that here or yeah. maybe it's just there's the, the world is so vast with so many planets it's just not, you're not walking in a direction and finding that shit. It's like, you're going to travel to a different planet and find that shit. I even read a thing that, like, yeah, we put in, like, a, <laughs> how many planets are there? Like, a thousand? Like, uh, there's some dull planets in here because that's the way this would be. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe. if it was realistic, almost all of them would be dull planets, except for, yeah. Yeah, except for Earth. <laughs> just barren worlds with nothing going for them. Yeah. But yeah, that and and you you do learn stuff about like well what happened to Earth and certain characters will tell you, like you know little bits and pieces. And, yeah, uh, I read an article that pissed me off. Frankly, um, apparently they showed in some concept art there were dogs and cats and pets and and apparently in their lore, Labrador retrievers extinct went extinct because the Earth went to shit and that pissed me off. You just yeah. didn't you didn't have to write anything, <laughs> and you wrote that. It all, it all started with President Fred Willard, mm -hmm. and he uh, ruined everything. <laughs> Another Wally reference. His line of like, all right, let's get the heck out of here, running out of his own press conference, <laughs> running out of Earth. <laughs> one of the funniest things in movies. Ah, rest in peace, Fred Willard. So mm -hmm. Yeah, Starfield, uh, again, I'm really enjoying it so far. I have not played that much of it, maybe seven, eight hours. I, but, I can't wait to have to clock more hours and, and discuss mm -hmm. it maybe on next week's show. Although, if I'm only a PS5 owner, I'm probably clocking oh, hours yes. in a little bit of a different game. Yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 hit PS5 this week. Uh, it is, it's sort of incidentally PS5 exclusive. I know that they're working on an Xbox version. Mm -hmm. The story yeah. maybe a week or two ago was that the they could not get the split screen co-op working on the xbox series s and microsoft yeah. has this policy of like there has to be feature parody 
the the Series X version cannot have features that the Series S version doesn't. But it sounds like they're waiving that so that like okay, can put that aside from now. You'll you'll add it sometime post launch. I I thought Microsoft went on record or made might have just been Phil where it's like. I thought he clarified, like, that's not a, actually a policy. Like, oh, it's, okay. it's a preference, but it's like, yeah, there have been lots of games that didn't do certain things on S, and so right. I think the jury's still out on that one, but yeah, it's basically, I I don't know if I buy the dev story or if that was just spin for why they couldn't get it to Xbox soon. Uh, trust me, sim shipping games across multiple platforms is oh, fucking dude. hard. Horrible. Yeah. It's, it's terrible, so I don't blame them, and I don't care if they're going from one platform to the next and they don't need to do sim ship, but it's like, yeah, I, I, there's something felt off about those announcements, but whatever, it's on PS5 now, and if you own an Xbox, you're going to get it eventually. So What I hope that means is that Xbox owners, because I'm not buying this thing till a sale, yeah. And, hey, we're sorry this is late. Uh, one week, full price, and the next week, 30% off. Then I'm picking up Baldur's Gate. Mm. So I really like, I feel like this is game of the year discussion, and I'm worried. My interest isn't very high, and I'm just worried I yeah. won't get to well, it. He, my interest wasn't that high initially either. And, like, I, I had played a bit of the early access stuff, you know, when it came first came out in, like, 2020. And mm. I thought it was is really buggy, and you know, twenty twenty three. It's a fantastic experience. I'm not a computer RPG guy at all. Like I've tried to mm. play Pillars of Eternity. I've tried to go back and play the older Baldur's Gate games, and I realized like I am complete shit at this. I do not have the the mental wiring to play this effectively because my usual tactic is just to select all my characters in because these are real-time combat games select all my characters and make them just all run up and wail on the enemy as a unit and it's like well my spellcaster is like you know hitting things with his staff or whatever and that that's not effective Baldur's Gate 3 feels a little bit more like you know Wasteland or XCOM or something where it's turn-based it's tactical you have plenty of time to make decisions about what each character is doing and where they should be. Um, I really, really enjoy it. The writing is super sharp. The, uh, the the characters are really endearing. You have a one of your character uh, companions is Astarion, who's like the one of the current darlings of social media because he's like this uh, pretty boy vampire, but he hasn't seen his face in a mirror in hundreds Ooh. of years. He has no idea what he looks like. Like Jackie Daytona? <laughs> kind Sorry, of, just yeah. watch that episode. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, no mirrors. Uh, aren't there paintings or perhaps sculptures in this in this world? Yeah, but he's never like... thought... Well, the thing is, he's also like he, he will let you in on his backstory. He's not a vampire. He's like a vampire uh, spawn, which is basically... He's like a familiar, but he's he's sort of a vampire, but not a full vampire. But he's like been the slave of a vampire lord for like the last, you know, 500 years or something like that. Been treated horribly. And he just recently got free. Kid, kid Dracula, but a slave. We got it, Michael. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. But, I was going to go Renfield, perhaps. Yeah. But, uh, but the, I, for, I don't know what we're talking about anymore. So the, the <laughs> real fun of this game is that... It gives you a lot of freedom. They've written in a lot of avenues and directions for things, for, for ways that things can go. Uh, you can um, 
fail or uh, succeed so catastrophically at a at a die roll that like <laughs> it, I I have I have heard that you know there's a thing early on where you confront this like this mind flayer that was trying to enslave you and the normal course of events is that like you either leave it to die or you you stomp on its face and uh, apparently like you can succumb to its mind control to the point where you try to make out with it or <laughs> and then i saw something else where like someone was playing a bard and he encounters a bunch of uh, gnolls who are like bard. these these gross hyena monsters and he uh tells them a joke and rolls a natural 20 and it succeeds so much that all of the gnolls are paralyzed with laughter and like that th there's an actual like paralyzing mirth perk on them or something oh yeah it's like they made just for that best part of playing actual tabletop D&D is yeah. people rolling natural 20s or natty 1s and seeing the results what what is the DM, what is the dm got cooked up for this so yeah yeah kind of thing where it's like you go to slash at an enemy you roll a natural 1 you drop your the sword falls out of its hilt sticks into the ground you trip fall on the sword and die cuz it got you mm -hmm. like that's 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 D&D baby yeah. which that's Baldur's <laughs> game but yeah there's there's a bunch of ways to solve problems there's a character you can play as called the dark urge and uh it's like i heard it referred to as an intrusive thought generator and it's basically like a serial killer where it adds a bunch of things it's like there's something in my brain that is telling me to murder people and I can give into it or I can resist it and be polite. Ooh. And, uh, and so like, it's a constant struggle. And I've heard people who have, you know, played as the dark urge saying like, I can't imagine playing as anyone else because the game seems so <laughs> clearly geared toward that. You should kiss your dad. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, you, you can, you can, end up killing your companions uh, the second that you meet them. And speaking of companions, I think that's the thing I said previously when we were playing, I was playing it on PC or when we were talking about the PC version on here is that you can, you can play as what are called origin characters and origin characters are just basically the companions that you'll meet throughout the adventure. Uh, they have their own backstories, their own, you know, very specific classes and perks and, and special things about them. And, uh, but you can, you can, uh, rather than just play as a created character, you can play as one of your companions. And the effect, if you've been playing the game for a while, is sort of like, what if you could start over in Mass Effect but play as Rex or play as Tali, one of the other characters? Mm. Like, they're that well realized that it feels strange to have one of them suddenly be the protagonist. But mm. even if you're playing as a created character, you can switch control to any of your companions and, like, get through conversations or challenges as them. So like anytime anything requires like sneaking or lock picking or deceit, for example, I switch over to a Starian and let him handle it. Or, oh, sure. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. D&D is all about party composition. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's really cool that you can do that. It's super flexible. It's the closest I think a video game has ever come to the experience of playing yeah. tabletop Dungeons and Dragons. I think there are, are there's a bigger technological advancement in Baldur's Gate 3 than Starfield, for the most part. Maybe. In, in terms uh, of the uh, the ability, yeah, the wide open choice and abilities. But like and a, a new benchmark for like, achieve this, motherfuckers. Like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I played a bit of Starfield, 30 frames a seconds feels weird, and, but the, everybody looks way better and 
Everything looks very good. I did want to compliment on that. The only thing with Baldur's Gate, the reason I'm like, yeah, it is, but it's it's a bit of an unfair comparison, is they had three years yeah. Of, yeah. of this uh, you know early access thing. So it's like they had live QA testing with probably, I don't know, if, maybe not millions, but thousands and thousands of players to be like, well, what if we tried this? And so they, they kind of had the luxury and the time to do that, whereas... If you're Starfield, you don't get that. Microsoft doesn't mm. launch their shit in early access like that. So I guess they did with Grounded, mm. but that's different. Mm. So anyway. But, but yeah. yeah, Baldur's Gate 3, PS5. Can't wait for it to come. I don't know if I would have played it on PS5 or Xbox. Like like Chris said, it's probably the first one to go on sale. Because there's yeah, a lot yeah, of fun games, a lot of big, I mean, I, crunchy games to play right now. I, I have a really good PC. I've been playing it on PC and, and loving it. I did read somebody saying that like I've been trying to play it on PC and it's kind of chuggy on my machine. But PS5, it runs great. So I'm going to play on PS5 from now on. And again... It does support cross-save, so if if you want to play on two different platforms and just carry over your save, apparently you can. That's the beauty of Starfield, by the way. I've been been traveling a lot Uh, for work and stuff. I have it on my laptop, and I can play that. And then when I get back to my Xbox, it'll be waiting for me and my save will transfer. I think somebody in the Facebook community for laser time was just like i'm playing it on my phone right now it's holding the up cloud. surprisingly well and like uh <laughs> as long yeah. as you're not doing too much combat stuff like yeah why not sell some stuff go through some dialogue trees on your sure. way to work <laughs> totally yeah but it's it's a fantastic week for rpgs people are really spoiled Our for pigs. choice right now i think these are at least Baldur's Gate 3 is one of the best games of the year, and I've heard a lot of people say the same about Starfield. I mean, you know, we, we saw what the reviews were last week. They were kind mm-hmm. of uneven, but uh, I'm I'm more of the, the camp that I'm I'm really enjoying this so far. Just manage yeah. your expectations is all. I, I like uneven games with uneven reviews because it's literally mm-hmm. like, yeah, your mileage may vary, and it's like, cool, that makes me want to try it versus consensus games, you know? Uh, other stuff came out we haven't had a chance to play yet. Fay Farm, which is kind of that farming Stardew Valley-esque game, came to Switch. It's being published by Nintendo. Um, NBA 2K24 will have full extensive coverage next week. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. So that is coming to iOS and Android. This is the weird one. It's the It's another remake of the Final Fantasy VII story, this mm-hmm. time told in mobile... Uh, in like a chibi format and i'm like how many of the- I-, I can only keep up with one final fantasy 7 remake at a time like if this well, isn't tying with the other remakes i don't did, didn't I don't they know why tease I this, this like a couple years ago like i think no. so ever crisis the, uh, they there was a recent trailer like full trailer for it it's well, the no, one I that mean, like, wasn't this first teased a couple years i, I want to no, say know. it was in it in it similar to the other remakes that we we're all anxiously waiting for it ties in the events of Crisis Core with the with the whole Zack storyline and stuff mm. into the events of Seven. So it's like, I'm curious, but it's like, man, I really only want to remember one Final Fantasy remake at a time. I don't want to confuse and fuck up what I'm playing or what I'm waiting for mm-hmm. with the main entry. So. Yeah. We'll see. But, all right. Well, let's move along to... I'm going to start off with some bad news so that we can close out with better news. Um, mm. Volition, the developer, longtime developer, they've been around since the 90s, uh, was completely shut down 
by Embracer Group. Just Pretty just awful. Refresher yeah. of the history of the studio. Volition survived THQ's bankruptcy several years ago. This is the developer. They worked on things like Descent, Free Space, Red Faction, Saints Row. Um, they were, after the THQ thing in 2012, they were acquired by Koch Media. Most recently, they were embraced. And now Embracer has mm. let them go after, I guess, you, you know, you can read between the lines here. This must mean the last Saints Row didn't sell as well as Embracer wanted to. Although I heard mm. it sold, it sold okay. You know, from what I, I, I have to, I have to imagine it's. If you didn't read what was happening with the Embracer Group, they lost two billion in capital that they were. Well, they didn't lose two on. billion. They were supposed yeah, to do a were... deal with the Saudis. It turns out with yes. Savvy Games Group oh, to get mm. an infusion of two bill. That then that deal fell through. So they were kind of. Doing corporate plan, and we've we've said this for years. How, how, we're like, wow, how long can they keep acquiring companies? So they were running their business with the assumption they would get this two billion dollar infusion, cash infusion done. It fell through, and now they are scrambling for cost savings. So, uh, and and I, but I think what I'm saying here is like, uh, oh shit, we need to radically change everything. Here's a team that is not going to release another game for another few years, and their last one didn't blow blow everyone's skirts up so they took the fall for yeah well I, i'm the writing of the to be ship. honest they also they didn't clarify where it was but i'm a little nervous i have friends that work for gearbox publishing they, they announced some layoffs right. at gearbox publishing who just shipped remnant 2 and remnant 2 was like the top seller on steam in its release and it's kind of feels My favorite like games of the year yeah it kind of feels like i don't think that matters because embracer was already in the most like a lot of these things were in motion already so um it's a bummer because, yeah, they've had, you might say, well, wait, they've had some recent hits. It's like, yeah, this stuff's been in the works for what, months now. Let it's... this be a let. What was the point of Mr. Burnsing all these companies together if you had no plan other than dark Saudi money? <laughs> what was the plan? Why That's, do this? It's the plan with a lot of corporate stuff. It's to I please know, shareholders and to make shareholders money. It's not to keep people employed. It's, yeah. it's not to ship great product. A lot of the time it's to, to pay out dividends to shareholders. So, uh. It's a bummer. Uh, you know, R.I.P. Volition, you were a great studio. I have never met someone who's not fun from there, by the yeah. way. I've always had yeah. a great time working with Volition. Yeah. I have some I have, yeah. I have, some personal friends that are affected by this, and it's like, hey, the good news is you guys are just as talented as you've always been, and I'm sure you'll move on and find something new and, and hopefully even better. So, mm -hmm. uh, good Although luck. I, I do kind of wish it's like you guys made – Red Faction Guerrilla, why didn't you just, mm -hmm. like, make that again, like, five more times? That, that, was, is, that is a bummer. fantastic game. I yeah. know, but it was always one of those games where, like, some people thought it was a 10, and some people thought it was a 7. Like, I don't like this. Like, mm -hmm. it, this is exactly what games are supposed to be. Like, yeah. ultimate destruction. You, yeah. are, you are literally a god with a hammer mm -hmm. uh, or a car. <laughs> and and yeah. yeah, I have seen a few assholes crowing because like the Sa they think this, the last Saints Row is finally an example of uh, go woke, go broke. Uh, <laughs> what? It's kind of woke. Um, and, and yeah, they're Blaming the studio's destruction on poor sales. It's pretty so. ridiculous. It's like it's like blaming that like giant crowd not buying Bud Light. I think they mm -hmm. just got woken up. Like you don't have to buy Bud Light. Yeah, it's did, not did part you of not your know identity. that? Like it sucks. It's always sucked, and it's not even the cheapest beer. 
Uh, it's <laughs> and there's cheaper beers that are better. You now can, you know. You can get Coors Light east of the Rockies now. Do that right. instead. <laughs> Miller High Life forever. Well, for one, like all my that's all not my dirt life, bags. But yes, to your point, Miller High anything Life. Anything else? Water is probably more flavorful. All my dirt bag friends out there, Miller High Life. I'm a yes. big Coors Banquet beer guy myself. It's the banquet beer. It's delicious. Anyway, um, let's see. Nintendo revealed a lot of stuff about Super. Mario ah, Bros. Wonder, they had that direct that, that happened right after we recorded. I think the biggest piece of news, like, there's a lot revealed about the game. Go check that out if you want to learn. Eight playable characters. That, that to me was the big piece that really stuck out. And Michael, I think you, you Not called me. it. We were chatting. You're like, hey, Peach doesn't float in this. Yeah. And- they made it, they made a point of saying that, uh, all the characters play the same. Which means Peach doesn't And half float. of them are Yoshis. <laughs> yeah, the, the Yoshis will play differently. The Yoshis are apparently the easy mode because they don't take damage. Those are for the, mm. I think, for kids. Yeah, they don't take damage. Uh, Luigi doesn't have his high kind of kicking jump thing going. Peach mm-hmm. doesn't float. I do love the comparisons people are making to Elephant Mario on Yoshi to that Elder Scrolls boss, the Radon. Yeah. (laughs) Not Elder Scrolls, Elden Ring. Uh, Elden Ring, Elden Ring, Radon, the whatever with his... uh, Mm With his uh, tiny the, horse. Yeah. The tiny horse, which apparently has a name they found like in the code. Yeah, yeah, It's like Gary well, or my, something. My, like my favorite thing that was announced was what the Wonder Seeds were. Hmm. And that they're like massive level-altering, like, holy shit moments. Yeah. That, a whole, like, literal holy shit moments. You could hit a Wonder Seed. Ah, oh, I just dodged this rhinoceros triceratops thing. Hit the seed. Now here's a stampede. They will run over the flagpole and the castle you're supposed to end the game at and run past it. And if you do not activate that, you will not see uh, this hidden portion of the level. And they just they showed like seven examples of that. And like it was they were all wildly different and very cool. Mm -hmm. It's exactly I think what that that I wasn't desperate to return to 2D Mario without something really neat. New characters. Fine. New abilities, cool, but that that's totally different. Like what shakes up the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because the I other stuff, like dope. the badges, the badges look sort of that like was crazy. The badges look like they sort of enable easy mode as well. It's kind of like ah, oh, yeah, you don't. You, you no, no. Like some of them were just like straight up abilities, or like it yeah. looked like the ones they weren't showing. You could even make the game harder for yourself for better rewards. Yep, it's like a perk system. A um, perk system you wear on a bug on your hat. They got the new the bubble <laughs> drill power ups. Those look kind of cool. Bubble so. Bobble is now in Mario, and I couldn't be more excited. It is just Bubble Bobble. Well, also, like I've yeah, oh yeah, that looks super cool. Like it is like a one hundred percent Bubble Bobble. Like you're yeah, encasing you ca- enemies in bubbles. Yes, you can bounce on the bubbles. You can you can uh, do a discreet jump off the bubbles to reach bigger heights. Holy shit, it's been so long, no one even cares. Nintendo's ripped off one of its oldest competitors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other piece of this, it's not game-related, but they announced a new limited-edition OLED Switch, which is comes in Mario Red. Uh, there's not much Mario about this other than the color, and except, like, on the, the Switch base, if you open up the back flap, Horse there's, like, some hidden, <laughs> some hidden coins in there, and there's, like, a little Horse Mario shit. icon on the, this thing. So. The part of the system I will literally never have a reason to look at. You know what it would be cool? If it, if it included the $60 game it came out with. But it doesn't. It, does, it, it does, doesn't. It, but it doesn't they did announce some a bunch of holiday bundles that do include games. And th- I'm actually, frankly, more excited about 
They announced two Switch Lite Animal Crossing bundles that are both kind of the Aloha. It's like the 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 Animal Crossing that leaf theme. Mm-hmm. Like there, the the Switch Lite is themed to that, and there's like kind of two colors. There's the Isabel version, which is like uh, the red, and then there's the the Timmy and Tommy version, which I think comes in a green uh, greenish. But they both have like the it's the Animal Crossing theming, and they come with the game. Which I love, and those are one ninety nine. So it's not like oh, it's too, it's oh, it's more money. Bad. It's 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 the base price of a Switch Lite, and then they're bringing back the ever popular. I mean, this game will never go away. The Mario Kart Eight Deluxe Switch Bundle is back, baby. Two ninety nine. That gets you the base model Switch with the digital copy with the digital copy of Mario Kart Eight Deluxe and three months of Nintendo Switch Online membership included there. So that. That comes about every holiday season. It feels like now, and people people. Love it's st- it's still nice, just because like Game Pass and Xbox Live. Remember when <laughs> we used to go through blockbusters to like steal things for the two months of Xbox Live, and now your free Xbox Live when you buy a game is like enjoy forty eight hours <laughs> of, of Game Pass or something like that. What's interesting is is so they were interviewing Doug Bowser about some of the stuff, and I still can't believe that that's the head of Nintendo of America's last name Bowser, mm-hmm. but whatever. Yeah, I couldn't stop talking about peaches. Uh, <laughs> I get my peaches done. And anyway, um, but he talked about, they were like, well, how come you haven't done a price drip, drop yet on your hardware? And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, they haven't. They've, they've done these bundles, which effectively make them Six less years. expensive. Right? Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and what he talked about is like, just well. Just say, fuck you, that's why. <laughs> I mean, do we, yeah, we don't need to is, is the real answer. But like he talked about like, well, we kind of have three different price points. And I'd never thought of it that way before, but it's true. They got mm. the OLED model at 350, the the base edition at 300, and then that Switch Lite at 200. And as long as people are buying them, they'll keep charging you that for Amen. them. And uh, yeah, uh, but it, it is wild in the system six and a half years in or whatever it is like they it, 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 done i think price it drop. defies all predictions just that how, how well the switch is still selling despite i don't want to say not a lot of support because those honey pop games don't make themselves and release for 99 <laughs> cents on the switch store uh but yeah nintendo releases like three big games a year Switches fly off the shelf. <laughs> I, I got to give Nintendo nuts. credit, though, in terms it's of... fucking nuts. I think by consolidating the whole handheld and console onto one system, yeah. it feels like they've supported the Switch more than previous generations just because they've been able to... Yeah. You know, all of those releases are on one system now instead of spread across two, right? Like, Yeah. I would wonder if you, if you counted the number of first-party games if it's actually fewer than when they had to support two systems. There's, or- there's a number of... Uh, portable remakes that went straight to the Switch because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Pokemans, Luigi's Mansion, um, yeah. Yeah. So, Super Mario Wonder question, going back to that. Have you seen any Please. of the side-by-side comparisons the people have been posting of, like, new Super Mario Brothers characters and Super Mario no. Neater characters? Like, no. I, I thought that they looked the same at first, but then oh, no. there was there was like a magnitude, an order of magnitude of difference yes. between them. Like the the uh, new Super Mario Brothers characters, they they look, you know, it's it's fine. It's a video game character. It's kind of workmanlike. They put so yeah. much character and expression and just delight into the new. I, I hesitate to call them sprites. I know they're not two D. But just yeah, the, the way that the characters are realized, yeah, it looks yeah. amazing. Yeah, the, that, th- that, that, that the 2D games have a long jump animation. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks hilarious. They, they lead with their gut forward. It looks hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where, you know, 
visually when you first look at it, you're like, oh, it's a very similar looking model in static form. It's like where they put that extra processing power is mm-hmm. like the animation and the characterization of, of those models. Oh, okay. and and the one of the most significant multiplayer uh, things a 2D Mario game has ever gotten. All the things I liked from um, oh yeah the uh, the uh, asynchronous new- or. Well, all the things the ghost, I like from yeah, new the ghost stuff, right? New Super Mario Brothers U. It was like it was like the best implementation of the Wii U, where people would be like, post like, bring a mushroom before you come in this level, or you can throw a flag down and say like, you might die here. Yeah, they, Use this character. Dark Souls shit. <laughs> yeah, it Dark Souls stuff has come to Mario, and it's it's all unobtrusive uh, multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Playing uh, with with the ghosts of people yeah, at the same and, time, and I think very yeah, cool. You if you die, you become a ghost, and then you can or, or whatever it is that you like a bubble or something, and yeah. then. But if you touch even like the ghost of another player that you're not playing with directly, you can come back to life. Yeah, or you can, can you can put down like a post that another player can touch to come back to life. It's like Death Stranding. You can help yeah. each other out. It's a yeah. strand game. Yeah, it's a, a bunch of like a bunch a bunch of characters who can't fuck with me like a new Super Mario Brothers yes. Wii, which was a obnoxious like oh god I jumped into the princess's skirt and not only am I not arrested I'm dead. Uh, <laughs> Look, all this is to say, you should buy Sonic Superstars October seventeenth. Hey, yep. <laughs> you know I will be. <laughs> Let's see. Um, a quick reminder. This is a pretty epic month for Game Pass. We, we've obviously talked about Starfield already, but there's some good shit hitting Game Pass, enough to, to make me call it out. Solar Ash, which is that game made by the Hyperlight oh, Drifter sweet. folks. Yeah. I've been wanting to, to pick, pick that one up, so it's it's coming. It's like Shadow of the Colossus with roller skates. With roller skates, yeah. The game, I can never... <laughs> I'm assuming it's pronounced Gris, like, because it's Spanish for gray, but that is coming back to Game Pass. I really enjoy that little... It's that little platform where you kind of paint... The colors come into the world as as you do the platforming shit. It's I love the art style. Really neat. Um, Lies of P is coming on September nineteenth, so I think I already have that preloaded, which means nothing. It means absolutely don't pre. Okay, remember the old <laughs> adage like don't pre-order shit. I'm changing that. Don't preload shit. Preloading does fucking nothing for you. I preloaded a tw- hundred and twenty gig fucking file <laughs> for Starfield. And had to re-download a day one patch. Guess how guess how big the patch was, guys? Hey, just guess. 117. 117 gigabytes. Oh. That is preloading does nothing. Don't don't preload is what you're It, did, it you're, did remind me, and this is a light plug, but a funny thing to bring up to you guys. It is the thirtieth anniversary of Mortal Monday. Wow. And so the whole first segment of 30 2010 during the nineties are ethereal game release dates, because Almost yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing had a bona fide release date. Mortal Kombat putting in a release date meant people's there's a line, people showed up. I didn't get my game. Well, what if you pre ordered? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like it, it created all of that shit. Hey, Mortal hey, Kombat hey, 30 show years some ago. fucking respect. <laughs> Sonic Tuesday what? created all that it, shit. It did, it did, but not across every fucking platform. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, every doing that on every platform, but create midnight launches, uh, pre-orders, uh, all that shit starts Mortal Monday thirty years ago. Next week, I wasn't. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. By the way, there's the so party animals coming to Game Pass. Payday three for all you payday weirdos coming on September twenty first. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I don't know anyone who actually plays Payday, but I hear people. I, do. I told the story before. I, I went to. Uh, 
a stand-up comedy class, and then part of it was like, teach these kids to do stand-up comedy. And that's impossible. And and then in front of a bunch of kids, a kid walked up on stage and did like 11 minutes of payday material I did not understand and murdered, murdered. He should have gotten a fucking signing with George Carlin's record label. It was, it was incredible. Last, this is, no one's talking about this, but this is a biggie for me because I love his game so much. So, um, Yepe, Jeppe Carlson. Anyway, he's the lead designer of Limbo and Inside. His new game, Cocoon, ah. comes out September 29th to Game Pass. So, cool. A lot of cool shit in Game Pass this month. I, I did want to, I don't, Microsoft has been pretty coy with numbers for Game Pass, but like, you know, Netflix doesn't release numbers either until they like surpass global expectations. What is a bigger thing than Starfield for Game Pass? I mean, Halo Infinite was the last game I can remember yeah. being this. I huge. still think this is bigger. Forza Horizon, maybe. Forza Five, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't think Starfield is bigger? I think Starfield's bigger. I know in terms of sales numbers, they were already charting before release, so they were, their pre-orders were were spiking. Because previously, first-party games were like, "Well, you're in the Microsoft environment, you're going to be into this," uh, but this is like. These are Bethesda games. These are, this is a new Bethesda game that is yeah. you can get for free this is for why a subscription. They Bethesda. This is this this game is why, and it's console exclusive, which makes me wonder. Now that they're seeing these amazing results so far, uh, do they do this moving forward with all Bethesda games? I mean, I thought I assumed they were going to. You guys can call me an asshole, but I would if I was Microsoft. Yeah. Like, like why wouldn't you? Why they've do they buy been them? nice to you so far? Like, but. Uh, and then whatever they know, they have their weird Call of Duty deal where they have. Wait, to is, is Starfield on PS4? No, no. it's no? Ex- it's the Wait, first. I, did did you mean like make it Game Pass exclusive? Because it is console exclusive. No, they no, no. What, what I'm saying is this: the reason I think they're seeing so much success in terms of sales and stuff is this is the first Xbox exclusive Bethesda game. You know, after this mm. deal, right? Everything else yeah. kind of came to everything mm. else. I don't think we've seen an exclusive that would move a console. In this generation, yeah, with the exception of this, did you? I, I think it was Todd Howard. Like one of the devs was out there, and I disagree with his point, but I I agree with part of his point. His his point was like this is actually a good thing because systems need system defining games. So this makes Starfield a system defining game. Which to my you know response to him was like that doesn't benefit co- consumers at all. It's not a good thing for consumers. It's a great thing for Microsoft because they mm-hmm. needed this for their system. But like consumers don't give a shit about system defining games they, they want to play the game you know well they they do if they just have the one system if they just have that system sure. they didn't raise their price by 30 fucking dollars for their stupid subscription program that i forgot to unsubscribe Yet. to uh by the way Yet. lord giveth lord taketh away there's some there's some good games leaving game pass this month so get on that metal hellsinger i've been singing the praises no pun intended of this game since yeah. it came out it's fucking it's doom good. with a rhythm game and heavy metal if you like all of those things, check it out. Uh, Sid Meier's Six, Civ, Civ Six is leaving Game Pass, so you gotta, you know, if you haven't played that yet, then you should. Sid Civ Six. Yeah, hmm. exactly. So a lot, lot of stuff leaving as well, but it is a big month for Game Pass. Yeah. I like Civ games, but I don't care for that Sid Meier's fellow. I, I can never hear Sid Meier's <laughs> name without thinking of a, uh, a a pun that I think Mike Grimm made years and years and years ago, which was Sad Meier's Snivelization. Sure. <laughs> Fine. I was reminded of an old editorial story this week because of news in another industry. Um, 
this one time I was writing a pro evolution soccer article and I made a bunch of jokes about nice. Konami and uh, my editor said, um, you really need to put this in here. Like uh, the metal gear has nothing to do with the pro evolution soccer series or this news. And I, I got in his face and said, you know, I can beat your ass. And then I punched him and got him in a front lock chokehold <laughs> and I wasn't fired for like a week. Uh, it took a week. <laughs> it was all very believable. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Uh, this, this is my CM Punk news. Uh, oh, okay. translated okay. to. <laughs> I thought you were just stalling because of this move that this news that I'm excited about that I know is just going to piss you off. Hey, Chris. What? What's a game that you can't get enough of? Can't wait to return to the world. Didn't overstay its welcome whatsoever for you this year. You're damn right, know. Final Fantasy 16. It's giving you another oh, reason to come no. back to Valistia. Um they're getting not one but two paid DLC expansions, which oh, good luck. They were basically waiting to see how the game sold. They're getting two paid DLC expansions. Additionally, there's a free update coming. It's today. It's out. It's out how now. How do you not announce that when, before the game is out? <laughs> you get alternate costumes for free. You get an onion sword weapon. You get the transmog ability, so you can make. One of the things I don't like about the game is every time you upgrade your weapon, it changes the look of that weapon, and now you mm. can make the weapon look however you want and keep all the upgrade stuff. And they confirmed, mm. this is a bit weird, understand why they waited for the DLC stuff, like, yeah, let's see how the game does before committing to all that, because that's expensive. Uh, <laughs> they confirmed that they are now officially working on a PC version of the game, which I'm like, come on, you guys had to have been working on this before now, right? Please, please tell me that. I guess... PS5 is, is a six-month exclusive, is what people are saying, which means I I would hope PC is ready soon, because that, that would be after six months, and then we don't have any word yet, will this thing be coming to Xbox? I can One can only assume it will be. Hmm. I'm excited. You guys, I know, maybe didn't spend no, as much time No, I, I wish I could return the game, but... <laughs> no, it's, it's a fine Final Fantasy. I know, I had a great 30 hours with it, and the next 30 hours are like, dude, come on, what the fuck is this? Now, I took the time to write down this joke, which means it will bomb, but I'm just going to yes. say it anyway. I'll take potent potable slash, sorry, pot, no, it's the portal. Why did they name this the PlayStation Portal when we already oh. had the PlayStation Portable? Hmm. Did you guys talk about I, that when I was gone? Why didn't they call it the Portable Portal? That would make. Why didn't they sense. call it the PlayStation Porta Potty? Mm. So I could shit on it on my YouTube channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Superhero.vg. Can't shit on it until November fifteenth because that's when it's coming out, baby. The PlayStation Portal. All the kids are talking about it. I can only assume. Yeah. Well, I guess no, I've, I've heard. I've seen people saying like, "This is perfect for me" because you know we just have the one TV, and I love to play handheld. Like, yeah, well, and I'm I, I hate. You. I hate $200. Also, uh, the bus I take to work has fiber. Uh, I want to know I want to know the people saying that who could only afford the one TV but can't afford the extra, the $200. Yeah, I know. Maybe, maybe it's a space issue. I don't know. You could get a TCL TV for like 150 4K, 50-inch right. TV. Yeah. Like, oh, also, know. some people just prefer to play handheld. I don't get it. I, maybe you guys talked about this because I was gone when, when this news hit. Can... So can someone be playing your main PS5 on the TV while the other person does I, the portal stuff? I don't separately? think so. Yeah, okay. I, I, I don't think so. Stream straight off the console. Mm. Cuz that I could definitely see, you know, have kids 
One kid wants to play one game, another wants to play the other game. It'd be that amazing. would be cool. That'd be, that'd It'd be, be like adding game. a second controller and TV to your existing yeah. PlayStation, and you have two players and, on it. And I've seen other people say, like, the the selling point is that it features full DualSense support, which, like, if you're playing, even streaming it to your cell phone with, like, a, a controller, that you're, you're not getting quite the same experience. It sounds like... Uh, that it has full dual sense support is why I'm paying a hundred extra dollars for this thing. Mm. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm legit upset that every time I read headlines about this thing, I read it in my brain as PlayStation Portable because that was the thing very long time ago, which doesn't feel that long to me. But it's the PlayStation Portal, which had I think there should be a, another option with a dongle to stick an Amazon Fire to the end of my dual sense <laughs> controller. Is that where I thought you were going with that? <laughs> and it should be it should be it should be hundred and twenty dollars less. <laughs> you guys heard it here. Chris's dongle is on fire. He has a burning mm-hmm. sensation mm-hmm. in his dongle. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all the news that's fit to play. All right, let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Uh, last week's question of the week was: What game or series do you think you should get the making of uh, Karateka Karateka mm. slash Digitally Eclipse Gold Master Series treatment? Next, uh, Seabake, you are still here. I am still here. <laughs> Despite having been very quiet. <laughs> it's so late and I'm so tired, but... Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yes, so I'm still here. No, it, it's cool. It's cool. Actually, I, I think I have a pretty good answer for this one. Yeah? Um, I know you do. You better. Yeah, you know, I, I was tempted to go my typical superhero Star Wars route, but no, I'm going to mm-hmm. go... Uh, in the same spirit as Karateka, like a very important game from the 80s that has, a, I think, a pretty interesting story behind it. Paperboy, uh, I hear you. I think more people probably played, maybe, uh, but uh, Wizardry. Hmm. Oh, shit, yeah. Very yeah. influential yeah, like, series. Uh, yeah, very, yeah. very important, uh, very important RPG series that was huge for a while, and then... Wasn't. Somehow became Japanese. <laughs> Yeah, like yes. somewhere it's got super so, big in Japan. Yeah, somewhere in the late '90s, early 2000s, like it, it suddenly became a, a Japanese series, and yeah, it's a bit really like anime, every '80s and, hair metal band suddenly just became big in Japan. It's really weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I actually life-span. I played the first game on NES, <laughs> the, the NES version. Wow! And I made like graph paper and everything, and I actually had a really good time with it, uh, despite its limited graphics and everything, and and. No one's really going to want to play that game anymore. But like, if you give it the kind of historical treatment and the, uh, you know, maybe even do like a, a modernization, like with new graphics of the original game, kind of like the game I worked on Operencia a few years ago. Uh, you know, uh, I think like that kind of stuff could make it really interesting. So, Wizardry is my answer. Good answer. Well, on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. Um, Colin Sunt said, I would have loved to hear Kenji Anno discuss his work in an elaborate package, especially Enemy Zero, as it's so beautiful and strange. Warp probably would have been amenable to that, but since that's impossible, I would have to, I will have to say Deus Ex, which surely could yield endlessly interesting comments from Warren Spector about the salad days at Ion Storm. Mmm. Oh, yeah, like that time in Iron Storm where they couldn't get this feature to work, so he uh, punched a guy in the face and grabbed him in a front face lock uh-huh. and expected to come into work the next day. Uh-huh. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> it's funnier when you realize that is um, 
Dylan from 90210's son that he did that to. <laughs> yes, he did a Luke Perry son. <laughs> not making that up. Uh, uh, who a I young, may, smaller person. I may or may not have escorted to see the uh, feature film Garfield starring the voice of Bill Murray while I was working at Fox. What? And I escorted wow. Luke Perry to Why a seat. Why are we doing a podcast about other shit? Tell me about taking <laughs> Luke Perry to Garfield. No, he was, you know, that was part of my job. He's I had to escort. Starfield. I had, I had to escort celebs to their seats during screenings. It was like him and Lou Diamond Phillips were the biggest celebs I remember LVP? from that screening. Of course. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The LVP. Liberal Democratic Party? <laughs> That's no! Right. That's right. Hey, Dave Taylor, what does he have to say? Well, Dave says, I would love to see the Portal series given the Gold Master treatment. They're owned by Valve, so it would, or at least should, be easy enough to obtain the right. There's no, yeah, they would just put it out themselves. Uh, as there are countless early versions of each game with unused levels, alternate voice acting, tons of unused concepts, etc. This could easily be followed by the Half-Life series, maybe even the stillborn corpse of Half-Life 3. Hmm... I think, like, one of the things we talked about on 302010 this week that I should talk about with you guys, yeah. it is the 20th anniversary of Steam. Oh, shit. And oh. I was there I was, for that, yeah. Oops. I was one of the few people there day one because they didn't really have a lot to sell, but they forced you to start playing Counter-Strike through it, and it did not work. And mm-hmm. we all found workarounds and, client, and bypass clients and all that shit. But... Steam, like, who the fuck was Valve? Like, you've released four good games. I was at the company um, that did their physical distribution when they launched Steam, and we were like, oh, this will be fine. We won't worry about this whatsoever. It's like... Yeah, who the, who the fuck, who the fuck are you? <laughs> it's like a volition, like, we've had three good Saints Rows. We're going to launch the biggest di- digital distribution platform in the universe. <laughs> um, yeah. And granted, Valve, Valve was ahead of its time, and they knew what they were doing, but... Yeah, the 30th anniversary, is, uh, 20th anniversary of Steam. Hmm. Nice. Um, Kyle shows us Duke Nukem. You know what? Yes. Yeah, like, uh, absolutely. Buying yeah. DVDs. I, I want to hear them explain themselves. Exactly. <laughs> like, explain buying yourself. DVDs, like, some of the best things are, like, really, really bad movies. Yes. Um, uh, Duke and, and Duke Nukem isn't, it's pretty bad, but it's not unplayable whatever while the end product was not good it was an extremely ambitious game that took years to produce with at least three different versions with one whole engine change in between it's such a joke today but there was an era when it looked like it would uh, be a large and impressive game with a lot of interesting aspects that other games were not doing interactive wise uh, just look at uh, DNF Reconstruction Project to see what is being done to try and match uh, the impressive, at the time, 2001 trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, runner-up being Daikatana, mm-hmm. which I would love to uh, to, to see what uh, went in to make it. Fun fact, Quake was originally going to be uh, what Daikatana ended up being. Before it even existed, they mentioned uh, it, I think, to one of the Commander Keen t- games as 2D time-traveling adventure that never manifested. Uh, Quake at the time was, I believe, Carmack's barbarian character name uh, when they played D&D in the office. Anyways, I think cataloging the failures is more interesting than the successes. Agreed, Kyle. Oh, okay, yeah. here's the thing. So John Carmack, he's smarter than I'll ever be. He's got way yeah. more money, money than I'll ever be. But at least I never had a D&D character named fucking Quake, you fucking dork. Like, how it's literal can you cool. be with your D&D character? Like, what? He he named it after his favorite comedian, Earthquake. <laughs> favorite wrestler. Yeah. His favorite religion. 
Is there Quaker, a Quaker the Barbarian? Quakers, the Quakers. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the oat people. Come uh-huh. on, Chris. Yeah, exactly. From Twitter, at Cubby Lover. I would have gone, uh, I would have to go with Heart of Darkness. Wow. 1988 for PS1. It was a game made by Eric uh, Chahi. Oh, Another World. Okay. Yeah. And uh, with amazing character animations and pre-rendered backgrounds that looked incredible, I would love to hear more about this classic. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was very much I would in love that... to hear anything about this classic because I don't know anything about it. No, this was about a little boy whose dog, Whiskey, is kidnapped by aliens, and so he has to learn to survive. And it has that same sort of uh, another world, out of this world thing where, like... Which every... is the only thing I have to compare to Karateka. Huh. So well, I understand where his brain's at. It's, it's a bit different in that, like, you know, it, it's about overcoming a series of environmental challenges. It kind mm. of has, like, that dragon, la- dragon slayer, but with more control vibe to it, where, like, oh, you will fuck up and die repeatedly. Kind of, mm-hmm. It kind of feels a little bit like, yeah, out of this world, another, another world. world, or Limbo, or um, Prince yeah. of Persia. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit, but yeah. But it, it was neat. It, it, it 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 had like fully 3D rendered graphics. It looked really pretty, and it was super Man. violent. You could watch this kid die in a bunch of different ways over and over again. And the next guy has come up with like, oh, there's there's no way you can do this for everything. With his answer, okay. you old so and so. Read it. SimCity would slot in nicely to the format Digital Eclipse have established. It's a seminal computer game uh, beloved beloved by developers. The creator is still around and likely willing to talk, and it even has a predecessor published by Broderpund in Raid on Bungling Bay that could be included. That's true. That's about... But I just, like, how do you commentate interactive gameplay on SimCity when everything everyone's doing is always different? Well, yeah, but I think I think there is, you know, it's more like you're breaking down the features and the systems in that game and, yeah, and how yeah. they arrived at those systems. And, and like you said, Will Wright's still around, right? So I know, I know. I'm just, but thinking in Karateka when I was playing the developer commentary, like I'm anxiously awaiting later pieces in the developer commentary I can see, whereas like there would be developer commentary you might never see in the SimCity commentary. <laughs> the only question I want answered for both this and any Sid Meier title, how dare you? Put your name on the title of your fucking game. Like, how dare you? Nobody else made this. <laughs> this is nobody. This is Will Wright. This is Sid mm. Meier's Pirates. Yes, and it was never Will Wright's The Sims. That's true. Yeah. At press X to Jason says, would love this treatment for the first two GTA games. Yes, I thought of this actually. GTA and GTA 2, thank you for clarifying. It would be interesting to hear the behind the scenes on how DMA became Rockstar and striking back out after their relationship with Nintendo ended. Agreed. Agreed. And you know, Mm -hmm. like the final act of that documentary would be them prepping for GTA 3, which would be cool to see as well. And again, that's the weird thing I, I brought up mildly, I think with Chris Kohler off mic, is that like it's easier to talk to Western developers, especially people who have generational fuck you money like the Housers. Like, I don't care who I piss off. Like, uh, yeah, I'll throw everybody under the bus. A tell-all in commentary form. Uh, so new question of the week. Um, we, we now have post-apocalypse, high fantasy, and sci-fi. Uh, for Bethesda games, 
what setting should refi- receive the <laughs> Bethesda RPG treatment next? Um, I just want to say, like, so Patton Oswalt has a book called Zombie Spaceship <laughs> Zombie Wasteland. Spaceship <laughs> uh, we have the spaceship. We have the wasteland. We are missing the zombies. I do not count the Draugr or any of the zombies that you might fight in the Elder Scrolls games. Um it does. It does encompass the post-apocalypse, though, because when because when I read this, it's like other than the other genre I can think of, which is Mario and Sonic. Hmm. These are all the game genres. No, <laughs> like, no, yeah. no, 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 post, no, no, no. Post-apocalyptic future and loincloth. <laughs> Present day. Well, I love that they. <laughs> they I mean, it made me realize there are already two flavors of sci-fi that Bethesda has done, right? With the post-apocalyptic, and then. Is Starfield, what do you call that, where it's it's not, I guess it's the realistic, it's grounded sci-fi a little bit, right? It's it's not like straight up, what do you call that version of sci-fi where it's just like, wow, that's almost fantasy, like, it might as well be magic, you know? It's, it's not that. Um, I don't know exactly, but I, 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 I know flavors of sci-fi, and this has like a ton of them, though. Science fiction of adventure and technology and uh, society. It's, it's kind of mm. like... If you grew up reading sci-fi short stories like from Ray Bradbury uh, and Isaac Asimov, this has all of that baked into the game. I got one that surprisingly few franchises have explored. Maybe maybe there's been two successful examples of it. Is I'm always a sucker for a western, and I love I love right. you know the Red Dead series, but it's like. I feel like Bethesda games would translate very well to the wide open spaces of just a fucking yeah. traditional Western game. Like give give that or, to me yeah. with like you know uh, Paul of Juarez first person shooting mechanics. Mark it mark it down. Matt has asked Red Dead to talk more. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm having quite a problem with these varmints over here. Well, yeah, you want me to go shoot him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's every mission. You don't have to talk to everyone in the games. You can kill every True. NPC in those fucking games. Actually, I'm, I'm going to change my answer. Uh, 1920s Lovecraftian horror. There you go. Boom. A oh. big open world RPG based on New England and uh, can have like also Antarctica that you can fast travel to. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he chose New England and Antarctica? That's not fair. Those are like the two biggest places that Lovecraft has set his stories. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm confusing him with John Carpenter. You are. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Carpenter draws a lot from Lovecraft. I don't have an answer, so I'm just going to say uh, Sonic the Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> sure. No. <laughs> Uh, my answer is, uh, I guess it's post-apocalypse with a little bit of sci-fi in it, but it's it's very different uh, than like Fallout or something like that. And uh, that would be Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, aka hey! Xenozoic mm. Tales, which is uh, is a post-apocalyptic world, though. But it, it is it's dinosaurs everywhere and Come people on. driving around okay. in Cadillacs, like Horizon, and- Horizon Zero Dawn esque. Right? <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah, but real dinosaurs, like real ones. Dinosaurs. Oh, okay. None, yeah. none of these yeah, robot yeah. dinosaurs. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah. So I guess yeah. I guess that kind Hello of. Has... not putting a Cadillac around her head. <laughs> That's not I, I was gonna say cyberpunk until I realized that that is what fucking CD Projekt Red created was basically a Bethesda yeah. game with a cyberpunk skin. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Uh, yeah, so I think there's a lot you could do with uh, that 14 issue comic book series that was Fuck also. Yeah. 13 episode cartoon and a pretty I mean, fun for all Capcom we know, game. that's what those art games could be. We just never, 
we ne- we never know, but I think that's what they're supposed to be. Is that the dinosaurs? And- uh, my my joke was me thinking limitedly. Obviously, there's plenty of other subgenre settings that would work really well here. Like, cause, uh, I don't remember why, but I think I, like one when I like like 20 years ago, I fell into this. Uh, Wonderful expose on the un, the cut stuff from Soul Reaver. Oh yeah, hmm. a game I really liked. Um, uh, like I, but, oh shit, a good like a good interesting approach to the platformer uh, for Dreamcast and cut out like eight thousand million things. Um, it would that would be both interesting for a D, but also like a, a that genre, whatever that is, the supernatural, demonic, soul based. What, wherever that is set, but very old, or maybe much older stuff? than like Bloodborne Victorian style supernatural. Right? Yeah, so, okay. I mean, it's it's hard for me to know where that's set. I'm sure Michael can correct me on that. Soul Reaver owned by uh, Embracer now, so uh, oh, I'm no. sure we're going to get right on that. <laughs> uh, Saber through Saber. I, oh, it's IDOS uh, acquisition. Yeah. yeah, same people. Soul Reaver is set in the world of Nazgoth, which has been taken over and corrupted by vampires. Before that, it was just a high fantasy place. Dark fantasy. Congrats. It's a Hitman level on mobile because of Embracer. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Mm. All right. So uh, what genre would you like to see uh, Bethesda tackle or to get a Bethesda-style RPG made out of? Let us know. Um, Go to the official – go join the official Laser Time community on Facebook. Uh, If you're not a member already, it's It's almost 10 years old. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, lots of fun conversations there, more entertaining than Twitter in a lot of cases. Uh, and just, uh, there'll be a thread there where you can answer, or you can ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and, uh, we will read the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Um, Chris, let's go out some plugs. Uh, Chris Baker, once again. Oh, uh, where can people. All I was going to say was, uh, lightsabers, X-Wings, and, uh, Scorpion Vaders. Out now More Kindle. or less. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, X-Wings. <laughs> X-Wings. Lightsabers. I've had a couple Scorpion drinks. Invader. Uh, ScorpionVader.com. ScorpionVader.com. That's the, ScorpionVader.com. That's the URL uh, of the night. Uh, yeah, and I'm at CBake76 on most of the, the different types of social media we have these days. Actually, I just got at CBake on Blue Sky. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, boy. yeah. I'm just playing sea bake on blue sky. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not one to like uh, stand for Facebook, but like, I love how like shitty Twitter based negativity. If it comes up in the Facebook group, I'm like, way to go, man! Like, good for you! Like, it just <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't exist. And I was just yelling about that with Diana that like I never use Twitter. I can't talk. Anytime I automatically update, they turn the notifications on. All my notifications are like Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh. Like, I don't follow those guys, and I don't follow people who follow those guys. You just want to make me mad all day. Mm -hmm. Go fuck yourself. It's an engine for generating outrage. That's all it is. Uh, And my plugs are 30-2010 this week. Again, I think there's some thing we we maybe should do with steam just because like uh I, i'm I'm, sh- I'm always shocked when i log in and i have like a day one adopter thing because i was addicted to counter-strike uh but i didn't use it until at least half-life 2 came out on it um which is like a year like almost a full year later 
And uh, also on 30 2010 this week, Mortal Monday. Fucking fa- it mm. fascinates me. Uh, international day one, uh, like just day one game launch campaign that hadn't really happened before for multiple platforms, Maddie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, Patreon.com slash Laser Time. There's a 80s in depth about Scarface, and we're about to embark on a spooky Elm Street Nightmare Season 4 look at the Evil Dead series. I, your excitement is palpable. Guys, calm down. <laughs> calm down. Please. I blew, sorry, I blew up my mic for a second. I was screaming with excitement. Um, calm down. Look, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of these. When you do these deep dives, I'm guessing you're going to do what you did before. You go through every movie in the franchise. You break it down. You talk to us about what makes that thing awesome. You walk us. It's like a one of those episodic TV podcast but with movies right is what you're gonna do i I would rather like what i wish it was and it's not always like a companion piece to like you should do this too you should evil dead is not as big as friday the 13th or not like uh chucky or freddy uh and and those movies are super fucking interesting every single one there is no stinker in any of the bunches not at all uh watch evil dead throughout the next two months man like there's five movies that's it and a television show which we also may or may not cover we do but <laughs> patreon.com slash laser time give us five bucks and this week we're talking about uh we briefly mentioned what i think is my favorite the funniest 90 minutes of television in the history of television conan o'brien late night with conan o'brien's 10th anniversary special that aired in primetime it's very, very good. It's out of print and sometimes hard to find it on YouTube because it has a lot of licensed music. Guess what? Patreon. <laughs> you can watch it on patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, we have a version for you to watch. No money down afterwards with our commentary. And it, it's so funny to me. I don't care. Just watch that. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. Spooky time is here. Hmm. Somebody else in this right, form. Matt, you got anything? I got nothing. He plugged everything right. in there. Uh, as always, <laughs> you can you can follow us at VG Apocalypse on both Twitter and Blue Sky. And oh. guess what? You can also follow me both places at Wikiparos. I haven't really said anything on Blue Sky yet, but I will when the time is right. Uh, anyway, that has been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, C-Bake, for staying up so late with us. We'll see you next week. You know the joke's going to go well, by the way, on the show when Michael leans back whoa, in his chair whoa, whoa, and takes whoa, whoa, his glasses whoa. off. It, I love when you lean into your Don't. mic and eat the microphone. <laughs> yeah, I can't and it help fucking it. Deafens everyone. <laughs>